What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in, everybody. Hope you're doing well out there. We're Sports Take. I'm Rob Ellis. That is Tone to Shields. Mr. Tone, how we doing? You're repping your Kobe with, with the shirt on. I like it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. It's Thursday, man. It's almost Friday. I'll admit, sir. I'll admit, this morning was a rough one trying to get up. This was this this one was a little bit rough. Day so, two uh, caught up to you with the early uh, early wake up call yesterday. It got to you today. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little bit, a little bit. But I also was up late last night too, so that really didn't help either. So, because okay. um, I was feeling, I was feeling great yesterday. I think I just stayed up a little too late. But other than yeah. that, um, man, I'm here. I'm good, square. Man, good. Let's have some All fun. Right. All right. Uh, what's up, everybody? Twiz flexing. Uh, I'm awake. Philio seven. Ars. Vinny. Uh, James, William, hope you guys are doing great. All right. So a couple of things here, Tone. I, I hate starting off on this note because we always want to come out, you know, having fun and positive. But man, mm-hmm. yesterday at the at the Chiefs parade, the the, the quote unquote Super Bowl celebration, um, there was a shooting, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and one woman was killed, Lisa Lopez Galvan, uh, who was a a, a media personality in Kansas City. Leaves behind two children. 
Uh, nine children also, in addition to Lisa, uh, between the ages of six, six and 15 were shot. 21 altogether, 22 shot altogether. One has perished. Uh, first of all, it's just awful. Secondly, I, I, I guess where I'm going with this is, do, do we just stop this now? Like, do we just stop parades? I, 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 don't, I don't know what we do at this point because there were 10 people shot at the Nuggets parade. Like, we can't have nice things. I can't even begin. I don't know where to begin. All I can say is uh, my heart, my prayers, you know, go towards, go towards those families that have been significantly affected. It's um, you're right. It's unfortunate. We can't have nice things. Uh, you, we can't even go to a parade and, you know, enjoy, you know, the festivities and watch our favorite team, you know, and celebrate with our favorite teams, you know, as they, you know, you know, when, when their championship is just, um, it's sad. And people got to people got to get a grip, man. I'm trying to figure out what can someone say to you so egregious that would force you to want to pull a gun on them and just start letting loose. I mean, that's that that qualifies as a mass shooting. So you know we don't we have no idea, um, you know what the motivations of the person who shot everybody was. I mean, did they catch the person? Is that person a lot? Like, what's, they, what's the what's three the, what? three folks in custody? So I don't know exactly what that means. Um, but there are three folks in custody right now. Um, and obviously we get at, at this thing will be a very fluid situation in terms of what we get. We get more information as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Certainly pass that along. But yeah, terrible, just terrible, man. Man, that's dark. That's dark. It, um, man. So. Yeah, it is. It is. So we'll, uh, you know, again, it's one of those things where you're like, I I hate that I now have to question everything. Like I question when I'm in, I'm at a game. I question, and again, it can, this can happen anywhere. This could happen in a library. Right. It could happen in a, at a quote unquote celebration parade, but mm-hmm. you, it just makes you question everything. You know, right. well, anytime you're around a group of people, you're, you got to be looking over your shoulder now, which sucks. It's funny you say that. You know, whenever I do go out, I'm very, very hyper aware. I don't know if it's because I'm from the, you know, you know, North Philly. You know, uh, you know, growing up, see, I see, I grew up in the projects. So I yep. was raised, I was raised to have bunny ears. You know what yep. I'm saying? I was, I was raised to keep my antennas up at all times. Yeah. Um, and you know, if I go to a mall, if I go, if I go anywhere that's you know more people than I would probably like to be around, I'm paying attention. There are, there are. There are a few core things that I'm paying attention to when it comes to human beings. Mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to their. I'm paying attention to their hands. I'm paying attention to, um, uh, how many people they're with. Yep. And I'm also paying attention to the conversations that are being had around me. Mm-hmm. Is someone angry? Am yep. I hearing? A, am I hearing a back and forth somewhere? Um, is someone raising their voice? I'm paying attention to all those little details because those are the indicators for you to probably go left when they're going right. Um, it's unfortunate that that's what we have to do, but it's so ingrained in my DNA that it's almost it's like a trauma response. Yep. You know. Yeah, I'm 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 with you in the sense that um, whereas maybe I don't know, ten years ago, uh, fifteen years ago, if I saw something bad going down, I probably still would consider jumping in there and getting involved in and trying to help somebody I thought was, was the aggrieved party. But now I got to think twice. I'm like, is my life worth it that these two knuckleheads are arguing about something? No, it's not really. It's a really good point you brought up. It gets, it gets even trickier when you see a dispute between a man and a woman. Yeah. The that's, man is, th- that's and right. the man is clearly 
the aggressor towards the woman or, you know, he's putting his hands on her. It's like, should you like, should you be a, a gentleman and say, hey, my man, this is a woman or do you mind your business? Yep. And unfortunately, where we are today, you're rolling the dice either way. You are. You are. You really are, man. I mean, you're you're trying to do the. You might try. Your intentions may be right, but it might cost you your life. So yeah. Um, and 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 again, this is something. You you have kids, man. Try because their favorite football team won, and they're they're trying mm -hmm. to have a fun day. You know, they're not in school, and and they're mm -hmm. in. Oh man, there's there's Kelsey, there's Mahomes. Oh, this is so great. Our team won, and 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 they're gonna they're gonna end up in the hospital shot like. Yeah. It's just, I've it's I've seen situations where, I've seen situations that you know we don't have to stay on this too long but yeah um I've seen situations where you know someone helped another person in the situation with another person right mm -hmm. for example like I said with the man woman thing yeah I've seen men help women that were being um abused by another man yep and then that person gets hurt helping that woman and then the next day that woman is back with that man. All right. I, <laughs> you know I know. I mean? You're like, why did I just get, get I've seen I, I so many situations like that. So again, you know, yep. we, you know, we're all over the place, but the bottom line is, you know, we're just in a, we're just in a, a time right now where um, you have to really take care of yourself and take care of home before you even worry about anybody else. I know. It's, it, I, again, I it, again it's, it's a shame that that happened at that, at that parade. And I, again, I, my heart goes out to those, those family members of those people, the people who got lost, uh, everybody attached to it. It's just, it's just unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. And I, again, I, 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 I don't want I'm not trying to bring people down, but uh, what we do here is we try to keep it real and we try to address things that that need to be addressed. And to yeah. not talk about this, in my opinion, right away would have been egregious. So uh, yeah, it's, the, it's the sports world. I mean, the, the case, the Kansas City Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions. The, the NFL yeah. is, the, is the biggest league in, in, in the world. Yeah. And it, it's almost like this is this is probably front page news right now. Mm -hmm. As it should be. As it should be. So anyway, again, we get information. We'll pass it along. But I just, yeah. man, I just hate these things. Um, all right. So the Eagles did make a move, depending on how you view it. Uh, you know, it's kind of a flyer sort of move. Yeah. Uh, Julian Akawara, who is an edge rusher uh, with previously with the Lions. Guy who averaged about two sacks per year uh, with the Lions. I don't know that you can read too much into this if this is, like, if this is your replacement for Hassan Reddick, if he gets traded, you, you, you better start, you know, rethinking things. But, um, you know, it, it's one of those things, like, doesn't cost you anything. Take a shot, bring him in, see what he looks like. That's all. Yeah, he uh, he's, he spent four years. He spent four years in Detroit, was drafted in the third round on the 2020 draft. Went to Notre Dame, mm -hmm. um, 26 years old, 6'4", 239 pounds, played in 38 games out of a possible – 67 in his career so he right. has a lengthy injury history that dates back to college he only has four starts um in his career you know the lions was hoping that he would have you know slowly move up the depth chart and be an impact player um that never really amount he never really amounted to uh, never really amounted to that but again um injuries have have always derailed um his, his prospects so um i don't know what this move is um linebacker says edge rusher i mean Sure, maybe low risk, high reward. As far as I'm concerned, he's just a guy. Um, career stats, 54 tackles, nine sacks, 16 quarterback hits, one interception. I mean, over four years, that's not really impressive at all. No. So um, yeah, I mean, this is a this is 
this is a bunt. This isn't even a full swing. Uh, this is, a, you know, well, you know, again, um, right as of right now, I look at this as just a, a training camp or a, an OTA yeah, body. Let's see what happens. He makes a team great yeah. bonus gravy. Uh, it, it is in no way, shape, or form a replacement for for Redick if they yeah, decide. This is not moving the needle. Um, you, but again, which, all right, let me ask you this. To talk about. Let's just hypothetical with with uh, with Redick. If he does get moved, do mm. you think that they'll go hard in free agency or? potential trade or prioritize that hmm. say as a first round pick how, how do you think they would go about his replacement because you know let's face it um three years ago when they had that need you know reddick was a priority signing and they and it was a, a heck a great deal i mean they got him for 15 a year um and he turn, comes in here and he and he you know rips off what uh 27 sacks in two years so anyway what direction do you think they go hmm. if he if he if they trade him it's a good question. So that makes me want to look at the free agent list right now when it comes to uh, edge rushers. So as, yeah. so as of right now, on the edge, you have you have uh, guys like Leonard Williams, Daniel Hunter, Carl Lawson, Randy Gregory, Marcus Davenport. Most Jerome of those guys Baker. are up there in age, by the way. Yeah. Um, also, a lot of these guys are going to be up there as far as price tag. Um, I would love, you know, if, if, if again, this is it, I um, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Chase Young. He's 24 years old. Um, I wouldn't either. You know, a, deep a lot baggage. of injuries. Yeah, he, he he's battled some injuries for sure. Um, he manages he managed to stay healthy all year last year. So, um, I de I definitely want to give him credit for that. Uh, mm -hmm. played in 16 uh, played in 16 games. Um, this past season, 678 snaps. He was on the field 66 percent of the time on defense. Seven and a half sacks. Um, so he's definitely still um, a threat. He managed to um, match his rookie year production with less opportunity. So the motor is still running hot for Chase Young. And again, I think he's eager to prove that he can stay healthy. Um, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him. Listen, a guy like that, like you that. can definitely get him. You could definitely get him in a building on a one year deal, maybe at about 14, 15 million, maybe, or maybe around there. Um, you know, again, I I would I definitely want them to draft someone on the D line as well, but I think they probably want somebody to make an immediate impact. Um, yeah, Chase Young is the first person that comes to mind for me. What about what about you? Uh, I like the I like the idea of Chase Young. Like, I think I think you have to leave your options open here, and and your draft will be dictated off of what you do in free agency and or trades. So if we if they don't bring in anybody of a of a real you know big name. I think mm -hmm. all roads are going to lead to probably an edge going first. Now you can't, it's a dangerous way to draft drafting for strictly for need because you want to leave your options open to best player available in some cases. Right. So I don't think it's a lock if they don't bring somebody in that they go edge, but I think it's more likely they go edge. You could see the Eagles move up. Howie's usually a guy who wheels and deals. It's rare. He stays pat on draft night. So, you know, if there's somebody there, what are they picking 22? There's somebody sitting there at like 19 or whatever. Could I see Howie getting up to get the guy? Absolutely. 100%. I could see that happening. Uh, yeah. Let me give you this one, Tone. A little, little interesting. Not mm -hmm. shocking, but um, one of Jeff Stoutland's top assistant coaches. I, I am not familiar with this guy, so I'll tell you. I'll be honest with you right up front. Roy Istvan, I-S-T-V-A-N. He's uh, He was an assistant offensive line coach. He left the Eagles to take the same position with the Browns, uh, listed as an assistant O-line coach since 19. 
Um, he has, is taking the same position with the Browns. Um, he goes way back with Stoutland. In fact, more than 30 years. He played for Stoutland um, and then coached with Stoutland at Southern Connecticut State all the way back in the late 80s. So these guys go back a while. Um, so this this tells you, you know, like the changes are pretty deep here. I can't imagine that this is someone that Stoutland wanted to jettison, but, you know, that's the way it goes. That guy's out of here. And this just shows you nobody's – very few are safe here, man. Yeah, man. You know, we talked about this. Everybody everybody around Nick Sirianni is pretty much getting um, jettisoned, like you said. It's better work. Whatever they're doing, whatever they're building over there, this you know this complete staff overhaul that yep. they're showing. Um, it better work, and you and I are going to break this down a little bit more later on because we're going to discuss if this model or what they're trying to achieve um, is it sustainable, or um, and rather, um, can it yield instant results? Yep, because it is major turnover. I mean, like huge coaching staff turnover. And like you said, we will get into this, but potentially 10 starters could be different, seven on the defensive side, if everything, you know, kind of plays out the way it might. It's a lot so, of change. That's a lot, of, a lot change. of change. Yeah. Can you can you uh, retool on the fly? And some teams have been really successful. The Kansas City Chiefs on defense retooled that thing, you know, in a big way and did a great job with it. Other yeah. teams have done it, but other teams, it has taken them a few years also. And the Eagles yeah. are in win-now mode. Yeah, um, the only retort to that would be the Chiefs had more stability in their coaching ranks, so that definitely would that that would definitely make um, the roster turnover maybe a little bit more smoother because you have um, you have tried and true teachers in the building. Yeah, yeah. Well, you did. You had more stability in the coaching ranks, and you have you know a a, a goatish quarterback who's going to get you through a lot. Uh, who who. I mean, you think about what the Chiefs did. They traded away Tyreek Hill and mm -hmm. won back-to-back -back Super Bowls. Yeah, is, is that not the ultimate testament to to Patrick Mahomes? Like, we could throw a lot of numbers out there. That's the one where you're like, when you sit yeah. back and think about that, like, damn, it's unbelievable. No, yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it says a lot about him. Also, um, I think it says even more about the fact that how they were able, how they were willing willing to gamble. Um, remember at the time, the Chiefs only had one Super Bowl when they yeah. traded Tyreek Hill. So they basically said to themselves, we'd rather bet on this quarterback than pay this player north of $30 million at the position. And they and they bet right. You know, a lot of things can go wrong, right? A lot of things can go wrong. But, again, Patrick Mahomes is who he is, and he managed to lead them onto the mountaintop, not once but twice. Yeah. Well, I, you know what I think, too? I, I just always I – I, I, probably I shouldn't do this, but I always compare things to Philadelphia. Um, and think about the mayhem that would have ensued had the Eagles let, I mean, it, it would be akin to letting AJ Brown walk for nothing, right? I mean, that's what Tyreek Hill is and, mm -hmm. and perhaps even better. We would have lost our minds, but it worked in Kansas city. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, because it goes back to at the end of the day, it goes back to the main question. How much do you believe in your quarterback? And, you know, it's funny, whenever the conversation comes up about A.J. Brown's future in Philadelphia, Eagles fans get tight. Yep. They get really, they get real stiff about it, right? Even some people who cover the team, they get real tight about it. And I can understand why 
because AJ Brown is a, is a premier talent, you know, and you know you would be a fool to think trading him is in your best interest. But when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, this team has a lot of holes, mm-hmm. and they can use some draft picks. They need a they they need enough flexibility in terms of rebuilding his defense, rebuilding his roster as a whole. The, the roster is very unbalanced. It's top heavy. Um, they don't have any depth. Um, they don't have a defense. So when you think about how they can fast track, you know, their resurgence, you think about, okay, who has value? Who, you know, who can I move? Things like that. And when AJ Brown's name comes up, people get upset uh, because they married themselves to him. You know, he's, you know, he's, um, he, you know, he's been very productive for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's giving you two back-to-back seasons of north of 1,400 receiving yards. Um, he's giving you 18 touchdowns over the past two seasons. Um, he broke, he broke the, um, the franchise, um, um, reception record. I mean, he's already submitted himself in the Eagles history book. So a lot of people don't want to have a conversation. Me personally, uh, I'm a fan. I'm passionate about it. And look, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, um, locked in on AJ Brown and I, and I'm, I love what he does, man. He's so, he's so fun to watch, but I think we'd be fools to at least not consider the prospects of what the Philadelphia Eagles are thinking. Um, maybe not this off season. But the next or the one after that, um, if I'm being honest with myself, I don't I don't think AJ Brown is going to retire in Philadelphia. Um, I think um, eventually this is going to become Devontae Smith's show, and as the contract for Jalen Hurts becomes more entrenched than the cap, um, you're going to see less weapons, um, less less high profile weapons on the offense, and it's going to be up to him to elevate everybody around him. And again, it goes back to the Patrick Mahomes thing and Tyreek Hill. They traded Tyreek Hill because they felt comfortable about who they had at quarterback. At some point, they're going to have to make a decision: Is Jalen Hurts? To, do I trust Jalen Hurts enough in order to make a, in order to take a gamble like hey, maybe maybe trading Dallas Goddard or maybe trading AJ Brown? So um, I know again, I know people don't like having those conversations, but it's something we have to consider because this is a business at the end of the day, and you want to balance the roster. You want to have you want to make sure you got draft picks, a defense. Um, Kansas City kind of laid out a model. Um, that's it's hard to follow, but it's something you got to think about. Well, even if you let, let's let's forget about AJ for a minute. I, mm-hmm. I think this also leads to an interesting question regarding this year. Mm-hmm. Like, and and again, this is this is pulling on the heartstrings. This is sentimental stuff. Mm-hmm. Can you really afford to use a roster spot on Brandon Graham? No, you can't. I I feel like it's trending that way. I love Brandon Graham. We've had him on the show. Love the. I mean, what is not to yeah. love? Yeah, but, Brandon Graham is tremendous. This isn't even, you know, personal. Some people will make it personal, but it's not. Yeah. So this is a, that where you have to really ask yourself, is Kelsey worth $14 million a year? Now, Kelsey's still a great player. I'm not saying he isn't. But yeah, can you can you lay 14 at the center position? I, I you know, I I don't for know, Kelsey, man. For, I go back Kelsey, and forth I, on I'll Kelsey. make away. For yeah. Kelsey, I'll make away because of his importance to that offensive line. And also his importance to Jalen Hurts' development. Um, I think you asked me before, um, would I rather have Fletcher Cox back or Jason Kelsey? And I said Jason Kelsey because of the, because of all this coaching turnover, especially on the offense with Kellen Moore, Doug Newsmeyer, Um, They're trying to you know they're trying to evolve Jalen Hurts. I think you want to you want to put Jalen Hurts in the best environment to cultivate that evolution. Mm-hmm. And I think Jason Kelsey. Uh, would be instrumental. He would be integral uh, to Jalen Hurts' development um, as a as a legitimate quarterback. 
Yeah, I, I, it's just these are the hard things that Howie's going to have to do. And I understand it's difficult with some of these guys because they've been here forever. They were mm -hmm. part of the Super Bowl team. You have a clear affection for them. I get it. But it's hard sometimes separating the business part of this thing from the personal part of it. Mm -hmm. um, and Joe, Joe Banner, I think, did it very well back in the day, mm -hmm. although I mm -hmm. think he hit like the hard and steadfast rules where you're 30 and you got to be out of here. I think that was that was BS. Like he, he blew it on Dawkins and a couple other times. Mm -hmm. But I think Howie may get a little too sentimental sometimes with guys. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that with BG. Um, when it comes to Kelsey, I could take my emotions out of it and look directly at just the production. Yeah, he's still a stud, I know. And say, first-team All-Pro, Pro Bowler, Iron Man, never misses a game. Yeah, That's not to say he doesn't battle his own, you know, aches and pains. You know, he's never fully healthy, but he's he, he's, he's such a tough dude. Mm -hmm. and, he, and still manages, manages to play at an All-Pro level. No emotions there. Strictly just he's a productive player. He's still great at what he does. He's still top three, top two of the position. The last year he was number one of the position. I'm willing to roll the dice on that for another season. I'm 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 willing to pay the cost for that. Yeah, I, I, that's I know Kelsey's a little bit different in that he's still a first team All Pro, and and clearly there's been a drop off, you know, with some of those other guys. Now Fletcher's Fletcher's sort of in the middle, in my opinion. I thought he had a good year. I really he did. did. I agree. Um, but. He probably wants more than he made last year, and I think he made 10 last year. Are you going yeah. to give a guy at that age 12 uh, at 30, whatever he is, 33? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Fletcher's a tough call. Fletcher's a tough call. Um, I agree with you 100%. Fletcher had a really solid year last year. You can make an argument. He was their best and most consistent defensive tackle. Um, but ultimately – I only would like him back here if the number made sense from the cap perspective. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to make sure this team has enough cap flexibility so they can make moves and re, you know, reload this roster because they have a they have a lot of things to work on. And you don't want to lock up too much money um with, you know with a going guy, especially if they're aging and if they're not even top three of their position anymore. That's why I think Kelsey is an anomaly. I think Kelsey's an outlier. Mm -hmm. Um Fletcher Cox, as much as I would love to have him back, if he's asking for 13, 14 million, then I can't do that. Yeah, I mean that that's really where I, I wonder if we start if we're gonna be getting to a point of any kind of hometown discount. I mean Kelsey would have every right to say, hey, I'm still playing at a really high level, right? So I mean, I think that's the that's the rub there is just, <laughs> hey, man, I'm still phenomenal. And I'm putting my body through this hell. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. All right, let's uh, let's step aside. We're, we'll come back, Tone. We're going to be joined by Matt Lombardo. We've had Matt on the show uh, before. He is the senior NFL insider for Fan Buzz. And we're going to talk to him, you know, about everything uh, Eagles, everything NFL, the significance of the Super Bowl, uh, Mahomes, et cetera. So we will get into all of those things with Matt. When we come back uh, a little later, like you said, we're going to talk about some of the turnover with the Eagles as well. Some Philly stuff, some Flyer stuff, some Sixer stuff. We'll get into all of it. All right, let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Been going there since I was a kid. Family owned since 1985. You got Alex and the crew there each and every day, just absolutely crushing it. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have the specialized pizza, however you want it. They will make it, but you're not up for pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. 
Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They really give back. Uh, they have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. Give them a call, 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, welcome back, everybody. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take on this Friday Eve. Hope you're doing well out there. Thrilled to be joined by our next guest, Matt Lombardo. He is the senior NFL insider for Fan Buzz. You can also check out Lombo, as always, on whatever we're calling it these days, uh, Twitter slash X. Just go at Matt Lombardo NFL. Lombo, what's up, man? Rob, I love the flex and the upgrade to the office with the two Emmys over your shoulder. It's a little bit of a flex, right? <laughs> big, big move by you. I love it. Thanks, thanks, man. <laughs> Trying to make you proud, man. You know, you know how. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, so a lot to get to, man. I, um, before we get to the Super Bowl and and everything that went down and the, you know the historical perspective and all that, I want to talk to you about the the Eagle situation and. Sure. What your sense is where this is headed with Hassan Reddick? Because, you know, there there was the initial report that the Eagles have given him permission to seek a trade. And then he says, I didn't request a trade. And there are some manics there. But, you know, there I get he wanted his message out there. The team put their message out there first. Where do you think we go with this thing? Do you think he's back in some kind of capacity with a restructured deal? Or do you think he's gone? Yeah, Rob, you know, I think it's interesting that the reporting came out on Super Bowl Sunday that the Eagles had granted him permission to seek a trade. I think that kind of telegraphs where the Eagles are at at this point. I mean, you look at the fact that they invested a first-round pick in Nolan Smith a year ago. They obviously have high hopes for him taking the next step. And I think that when you look at some of the contracts around the league, the Nick Bosa deal is clearly the benchmark that Hassan Reddick is shooting for. I don't know that Howie Roseman and the Eagles are prepared to pay that kind of a premium. So I think that's why the reporting came out that they gave him permission to seek a deal. And there's going to be a strong market if they, in fact, are shopping. And I talked to sources around the league on Sunday afternoon, the Atlanta Falcons, they've been sniffing around on pass rushers since the trade deadline this past fall. They'd have significant interest in a Hassan Reddick. I talked to a scout who told me that Reddick is a plug-and-play starter for any team that runs a 3-4 defense in this league. So you talk about the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, depending on what they do with Josh Allen, their top pass rusher. There will be suitors for Hassan Reddick, and I think that it's more likely that he's elsewhere in 2024 than the Eagles give him the kind of extension that he'd be happy to sign. Because think about it, you know, Jeff McClain from the Inquirer has some reporting earlier this week that when Reddick missed time back in training camp, there was some thought that that was a bit of a holdout. I think this has been lingering through the entire season, and I think it's going to finally start to come to a head this offseason. Interesting. Thanks, uh, Matt. Thanks again for coming on to the show. We really appreciate you. Um, when it comes to Hassan Reddick, you know, he's been a tremendous player over the past four years of his career in particular, um, especially with the Philadelphia Eagles. 19 and a half sacks last year through the regular season and the playoffs. This year, 11, 11 sacks in 10 games. I mean, he's definitely been arguably, arguably their most productive defensive player. Um, when you think about a guy like Hassan Reddick, his skill set, his measurables being about 6'1", 240, but then you think about some of the top-tier edge rushers who are getting paid the big money, guys are like 6'4", 6'5", 250, 260, 270. Um, when you think about what he's what he's looking for in comparison to what his peers are getting and what they provide, where does Hassan fall? Does, does, does he fall or qualify in that top-tier edge rusher category? Again, he's an undersized guy. And we know how the league feels about guys who are undersized, especially at that edge rusher position. Yeah, I think he's a little bit of an outlier because of the size. 
because the production outweighs it, right? You look, you bring up the numbers of, of what he's done over the past two years in a system that really allowed him to just pin his ears back and, and get after the passer. Do, do I think he's in that top tier with the TJ the Watts and the Miles Garretts and the Micah Parsons and the Nick Bosa's? No, but I think that he's probably the number one player in that second tier when you talk about what he's able to do. And I think that that's where some of this acrimony stems from with Hassan Reddick is you look at what the Eagles asked him to do over the second half of last season, dropping him into coverage. You look at the way that Vic Fangio uses his outside linebackers, not just as pure pass rushers. I think they see the writing on the wall Reddick's side does in terms of what he's asked to do versus what he's best at. And that's probably why he wants out. And I think that you're always going to have a market for pure pass rushers. That's why when you talk to people, they just start they start rattling off team names, right? And, you know, the Arizona Cardinals would be a fascinating situation. Yes, they drafted him. But I think that there was even an admission a couple of years ago that they used him wrong. They used him improperly. And now that Jonathan Gannon is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, they could be another team to watch. I think that you're always going to have a market for pure pass rushers. But I don't know that he's going to be paid in that you know, $22 million a year range or whatever it is that Bosa got on his extension, probably just a little bit below that. Rob, I can quickly follow up with that. Oh, yeah, go ahead. What would a guy like Hassan Reddick fetch the Philadelphia Eagles um, as far as draft picks or compensation? Yeah, I think you're looking at a second or third round pick at most, right? Because, you know, you talk about the same concerns about being undersized. You talk about, you know, he has some miles on the tires at this point in his career. I don't think he's one of these, you know, you trade him for a first round pick type of players. But if, if the Eagles get an offer for an early three or a late two, that's got to be difficult to pass up, especially for a team that I think they're starting to look in the mirror and realize we have to retool on the fly here. But they've also drafted exceptionally well over the last two or three draft classes. So if you can add a premium pick for Hassan Reddick, yeah, you're going to lose the production. But I don't know that he would replicate those sack numbers in a Vic Fangio system anyway. Mm. So if you get that kind of an offer, I think that's something Howie Roseman would have to really think hard about. And Matt, you just touched on something I, I wanted to ask you about. Like, how significant is this? Uh, I, I'm going to stick with the defensive side because I think the offense can fix itself pretty quickly. Um, you know, there's a talent deficiency here, especially yeah. on the back end, man. And if you lose Reddick, all of a sudden that pass rush is really looking shaky at this point. Yeah, and, and the problem is, Rob, there aren't a lot of premier pass rushers that are out there in free agency. And you look at even a guy like Chase Young struggled after, you know, the trade to the San Francisco 49ers up and down career injury prone. He goes out and has the game of his life in a Super Bowl. I, I don't know the 49ers are going to let him shake loose into free agency. Um, I don't know that you're going to see more than two or three pass rushers selected in the first round of this upcoming draft. It's just a really weak class at that position. So mm. that's where I think that that pushes up the value of a guy like Hassan Reddick, and it makes it tougher to fill that void. So you look at what the Eagles have in-house. That's going to put the onus on Nolan Smith taking a major step forward because he would be that next man up in their case. Are you a believer in him, uh, Matt? I mean, he I, it's its unfair to make any kind of real judgments after one season, and we know he had limited snaps last year. But one sack, man, that was a first-round pick. He, he did gave him very little. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that he's going to need to take on a, 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 an increased role going into this season. And really, Rob, it's kind of unfair for me to look at these guys and what they did in – 
two really bizarre systems <laughs> last season yeah. and what they project what they might do under Vic Fangio. I think that's a better conversation to have based on what we start seeing in, in mini camp and training camp practice when these guys really start ratcheting it up in this new scheme. And that's the other layer to this. You know, you talk about the, the talent deficiency, and I think that that's there when it comes to the Eagles defense. That's a major concern once you get beyond the defensive line, which I think has a lot of talent up front. You're asking guys that might not be the most talented players at their skill positions to now go out and learn a new scheme in a year where the coach is on the hot seat. That's a bit of a tall order and a tough ask. Mm-hmm. Matt, uh, I'm, I'm glad you went there. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, not only are they going to are they going to go through a lot of roster turnover, um, they've gone through already a ton of coaching turnover, right? They completely jettisoned the previous coaching staff, leaving Nick Sirianni, uh, the, uh, the the lonely guy on the hill, and they replaced and they replaced all those guys with people with experience. Um, I want to get your assessment and your evaluation of the Philadelphia Eagles coaching situation, how things went throughout the season, and how things are transpiring presently right now. Yeah, I think the results speak for themselves, right? When you look at what happened over the second half of the season, I think that you know you talk to people around the league, and it was almost universal. Whoever you tapped into in whatever building. Yeah, I spoke to people in five different buildings over the last month of the season and just said, you know, what the heck's going on in Philadelphia? Two takeaways. They didn't think the Eagles were all that good and that they kind of overachieved mm-hmm. in 2022 and that Sirianni lost the room when they pulled the plug and benched Sean Desai in favor of Matt Patricia. I mean, that was the universal takeaway, that, that when they switched defensive coaching staffs midway through the year, that the players looked at it as a panic move and responded as such. I think that those two things really torpedoed their season this past year. And I look at the coaching staff they built moving forward. I love the Vic Fangio hire, and I know for a fact that he was their top choice when Jonathan Gannon left to take the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job following the Super Bowl a year ago. He had just agreed to go to Miami before they could get anything really concrete with the ball moving in that direction. And Kellen Moore, you know, there's a mixed bag there. I like the experience. I like the fact that he's called called plays in some pretty big games for the Dallas Cowboys. And you look at what Dak Prescott did. He kind of got worse under Kellen Moore and got better when he was there. Justin Herbert seemed to take a step back. So it's kind of a mixed bag in terms of Moore. But overall, I think the combination of, of experience and, and guys who have been in big games with Fangio and more, I think it's an upgrade over what they had a year ago. And, and it better be if Sirianni wants to save his job and this team wants to get back into that upper echelon in the NFC, which I really think, guys, is going to be a tough climb for them. Well, and that's the thing, Matt. You know, like, we can talk about Hurts. We can talk about the defense and all that's all fairs when, when you have those conversations. But why did Nick lose the room? And if he did, when he's such a culture guy, how does he get it back? You know, if he's going to be even more removed from from day-to-day x and o offense like i don't want to do the what 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 does he do because there's plenty of ceo coaches but like how do you get that back because if you don't get that back you're right it's over for him too you don't make all these changes around him and he survives if you have another season where you don't make either make the playoffs get bounced early or don't make it at all yeah I, i think it comes down to two really key things here in terms of how he lost the room one you know it's the results he can print up all the t-shirts he wants and you know talk about you know the, the flowers blooming um early in your tenure when, when you're winning and you're building something when things start to go off the rails and coaches panic and they they fire the defensive coordinator or bench the defensive coordinator and promote a guy like matt patricia who was already a divisive figure when you look at, at what he did 
with that move and the fact that they couldn't really stem the tide and things just got worse, players noticed that. And the coach speak holds a lot less water when you're losing than when you're winning and trying to build a positive culture. So I think it's a results-driven league. I think the players feed off of winning. Winning begets more winning. Losing begets less confidence and, and less wins. So I think they're going to have to get off to a fast start, and they're going to have to really buy into what the head coach of the offense and the head coach of the defense and Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio are preaching going into this next season if they're going to you know, recapture some of those good feelings that led to that Super Bowl run in 2022. Matt, I want to pick your brain about Jalen Hurts because he he had a very interesting 2023 campaign. I mean, when you look at the stats, right, um, 38 touchdowns, threw for, uh, threw for nearly nearly 4,000 yards, um, over 4,000 yards of total offense, but then you get to those turnovers, and that's the anomaly that we see in Jalen Hurts' production. I mean, historically, that hasn't been the case, but again, um, year three as a starter, and you have nearly 20 turnovers. Um, that's just, that's just base. That's just bottom line unacceptable. How shocked were you um, when it came to um, Jalen Hurts' regression? And how much of that do you attribute to him? And how much of that do you attribute to the, the lack of stability um, with the coaching staff? I think it's mostly the lack of stability with the coaching staff. I just don't get the sense that they were ever on the same page in terms of offensive coordinator, head coach, and quarterback a year ago. I think that it was a feeling out process early in the year, and it just caught up to them late, and the schedule caught up to them late when you started playing some of those top defenses like the Buffalo Bills, like the San Francisco 49ers, like the Dallas Cowboys. I think it caught up to them and some of the things that they got away with early in the year when they were trying to figure out what they were going to be as a football team came back to bite them late when there were teams that could capitalize on those mistakes. Because you look at the track record of Jalen Hurts, you know, back to when he was at the senior bowl in college and he had a mediocre week. Then he goes to the combine, tears it up, gets better his first year as in the Eagles program from a practice standpoint. And then you look at what he did his first four years as a starter. The track record is this is a kid who works harder than anybody, who has the right mindset, does everything the right way in terms of improve and get the most out of his teammates. I just don't think that the situation really was a, a functional operation a year ago from a coaching and quarterback standpoint. And I'd expect with a guy like Kellen Moore with such a strong background in terms of working with top quarterbacks that they'd be able to get more out of Jalen Hurts and get him to make even more strides in 2024, just based on who who Hurts is as a player and as a person. Yeah, he's typically been, you know, that guy who's overcome when 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 there's doubt, right? There's no question about that. Matt, the thing that worries me a little bit is, and and, and this is assuming that, that he's healthy and he looked like he was moving around decently at the Pro Bowl whatever that is now competitions um but i you watch that <laughs> I, oh, I have a dvr and i'm gonna watch it later i'm gonna break it all down i didn't want, i don't want to don't do any spoiler alerts for me um no but i i, I worry I about have any spoilers to give you yeah right uh <laughs> none of it no i the five people who watched i please don't give it away um him in the pocket that, that's my bigger concern is the progressions the the ability to, to sort of climb the pocket pocket maneuver i don't need him to be super athlete guy but just do those kind of things and make plays we didn't see enough of that last year i don't know if that was you know a byproduct of an of a guy who was over his head with brian johnson or whatever the case may be but that that troubles me more than than anything else with jalen yeah i think the big issue here is that not enough people talk about is how often did they really have their full functioning offense on the field together. You had Dallas Goddard who missed what four or five weeks. And then, mm -hmm. you know, AJ Brown gets hurt, misses the playoff game. Devonta Smith missed a couple games. It, it just seemed like, especially down the stretch, 
that, you know, the, the guys we had his best chemistry with weren't on the field. And, you know, the offense, when it functions best, is when Dallas Goddard is, you know, taking advantage of opportunities over the middle of the field and after the catch, when A.J. Brown is stretching the field deep. And I don't think that they really were on the same page for much of the year either. But I think if they can stay healthy, and again, that, that, that's – that's the formula for every team across the league, right? But if they can keep those pieces in place and on the field, I think you'll see some of those progressions become quicker and some of those throws um, be a lot more accurate and timely. Mm. No, Matt, you know, Nick Sirianni, the situation that the Philadelphia Eagles have put him in, again, we talked about them gunning his staff and they're just, they've just pretty much taken, taken the wheel and told him to just, you know, sit back and let this thing play out. Um, how sustainable is this is this formula that they're trying to you know impose on Nick Sirianni? I mean, the the writing seems to be on the wall for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's really accurate. I mean, if, if Jeffrey Lurie would have come out and, and Howie Roseman would have come out during that press conference when Roseman and 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 Sirianni were sitting there and didn't really have any answers for what went wrong after the Tampa Bay loss. If that was a press conference where Nick Sirianni was given his pink slip, would anybody have batted an eye? I mean, that, that's where it felt like all of this was trending after that collapse over the second half of last season. So, yeah, I think the, the writing is absolutely on the wall. You don't go out and, and fire both coordinators and bring in experienced play callers like Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio if you're not trying to prop up your head coach. And I think that everybody in that building knows what's at stake going into this year. I think that Sirianni who clearly presented an action plan to Howie Roseman after the season to save his job, understands what he needs to do to preserve his job going into not only this season, but next season. I think it just comes down to they're going to have to be one of the top teams in the conference. They're going to have to be a team that wins at least one playoff game and shows progress. Um, and and the, the, the last 10 games or so of a year ago weren't a harbinger of what this program is backsliding into, which I think is a real possibility. I mean, look, I, I've hinted at it a couple times in this conversation. Look around the NFC. The San Francisco 49ers are going to be the favorites again next year. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be better than they finished against the Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And oh, by the way, just within the division, the Washington Commanders have $80 million in cap space, the number two pick in the draft. They hire Adam Peters, who's one of the more respected personnel guys in the entire NFL. He goes out and hires Lance Newmark, who was instrumental in bringing in the young talent that the Lions have drafted over the last two years. The Commanders are a team that are going to really surprise a lot of people next year, in my opinion. The road back to a Super Bowl, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, got a lot tougher. And we haven't even entered free agency in the draft yet. So I think that there's a lot of pressure on Nick Sirianni to turn this thing around in an environment where that's going to be pretty difficult to do. You bring up a good point. Detroit's there, and uh, yeah. uh, the, the Rams are coming back faster than what we thought. Green Bay's coming. Um, yeah, th this this is turning into a like you said, an uphill battle for the Philadelphia Eagles, and um, it, I, I guess speak on the pressure that Jalen Hurts is feeling as well. You know, you, you know to you know to bounce back from that season. Nick Sirianni, all these guys are kind of tied at the hip. Um, I, the pressure must be mounting in that building. I think the pressure is mounting in the building, but I don't get the sense that it's mounting around Jalen Hurts yet because I think that he's much more closer to the player that you saw in 2022 in the first half of 2023 um, th than he was what we saw over the second half of this past season. I, I think he holds the key to the turnaround. I think there's no mm. doubt about that, that, you know, Jalen Hurts rekindling that high level of play that we saw in his first year as a starter. I think that holds the key to the whole thing. 
Um, but but if the Eagles move on from Nick Sirianni after 2024, I don't get the sense they're going to be in the market for a quarterback in the 2025 draft or free agency. Interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting what they what they end up doing. Bob, I, I did want to talk Super Bowl with you here. Um, and, yes, and the Chiefs get their third with Andy and Patrick Mahomes. And all of a sudden we're having that conversation now, you know, where these guys rank and whatnot. I, I'll just tell you where I'm at with Mahomes. And I, I do want to get your take on Andy also. But I still have him behind Brady and Montana right now. But I think when he's done, when all's said and done, he could be one on the list. But wh- where, where are you at, at with Mahomes right now? Yeah. It's the Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant debate all over again, right? I I think that Patrick Mahomes is a far more gifted physical quarterback than Tom Brady ever was, and he's approaching him in terms of performance in those clutch moments. I mean, you talk about winning three rings in four Super Bowl trips. When you talk about what he's done, just look at the final drive in overtime, Mm. the poise under pressure, the first down runs, the throw to Travis Kelsey to extend the drive, um, the the poise under pressure on the the touchdown on the final play of the game to McCole Hardman. You know, I I think that that win cemented, if it wasn't already, Patrick Mahomes' case is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going to walk into Canton five years after he retires. Travis Kelsey, the the same situation there, best tight end of his generation. Um, And for Andy Reid, you know, I wrote about this on FanBuzz on on Tuesday morning. I spoke to, you know, Hall of Fame selectors. The the process for voting in coaches is a little bit different than voting in for players. It's not five years after Andy Reid retires, he's automatically on the ballot. No, he goes into the contributor category. And what that means is there's a subsect of voters, Hall of Fame voters, who debate four, five, six contributors like a Robert Kraft, maybe eventually a Jeffrey Lurie if they win another ring, uh, and Andy Reid. And of that group of contributors, whoever's up that year, only one makes it through into the debate. So if Andy Mm -hmm. Reid butts up against Robert Kraft, who's the guy that they put up in that conversation in that five-year period? So, you know, the conversation I had is, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? And I spoke to people on that subcommittee who said that they would push him through automatically. So I think that Andy Reid has the chance to go down as the greatest head coach in history if he catches Bill Belichick, which I think he has a chance to do so long as he has um, Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. But I I thought it was a fascinating conversation because I wasn't familiar with those inner I didn't know that. Coaches – get get put in there but it sounds like on that subcommittee the contributor committee that reed already has support in that room to push him forward and i think that if he's on the the general ballot year one i think there's a very good chance he's a first ballot guy already you know matt it's funny you know we talk so much about andy and patrick mahomes and what they were able to do for me personally when i was watching that super bowl i was more impressed with the defense when it came to the chiefs i mean look um, there, you know, the the red zone stands they took in the most dire moments was just spectacular. Um, that DB room with Trent McDuffie, uh, just spectacular. I mean, just just, just I watching him pass breakups in the first quarter by McDuffie. Yeah, yes, I mean, I, he, yeah. he's he's not he's not a big guy at all, but he plays tall, plays big. I mean, he was he he was matched up with Debo Samuel a lot of that game, man. Eleven targets, three receptions later. I mean, Debo Samuel was a non-factor. And on top of that, Trent McDuffie, there were moments where he took on Trent Williams. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, just speak on um, just how much of a great place the Chiefs are in when it comes to that defense. I mean, Spags is there. That defense is so young. A lot of those guys are still in their rookie deals. Carl Loftus, um, you know, they brought back – they had Willie Gay. Um, I think he's going to be a free agent. But still, they're they're pretty much in a great place on defense. Just speak on um, what were your impressions of that defense in that Super Bowl. 
Yeah, going into the Super Bowl, I, I wrote in my prediction piece that I thought that was going to be a defensive slog up until the fourth quarter, that it was going to be, you know, Steve Spagnolo against Kyle Shanahan and, and a real chess match. And that, that kind of is how it turned out for the most part. But And I think that, that Spagnolo has a real case in terms of the Hall of Fame at some point if they keep this up and keep winning on the back of their defense. And the Chiefs are no question in a great spot. You know, you talk to personnel executives. They love George Karloftis, loved him coming out of Purdue. I had a guy who called him JJ, baby J.J. Watt coming out. Um, mm. His team didn't get a chance to draft him. He went before uh, he went before they were on the clock, but he had him as a first-round grade. Uh, but the, the Chiefs, you know, they have a big question mark now with Chris Jones hitting free agency. He's going to be the number one free agent available, and they're going to have to pay a premium. I, I don't get the sense that they're going to give a hometown discount to the Chiefs to bring him back. And you talk about the teams with cap space, the Chicago Bears are going to throw a lot of money at Chris Jones. The Commanders are going to throw a boatload of money at Chris Jones. I think the Chiefs would write a blank check if they can afford it, but they're going to have to pay up. And I think that Chris Jones is really the glue that holds that defense together. Yeah, and I, I'm sure his agent was cringing, and, and maybe it was, you know, he had a few in him. But yesterday he's like, I'll be back. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, man. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Lobo, I want to hit you with this one. Last one uh, from me. Uh, Steve Wilkes gets canned yesterday. You know, they gave him 17.5 points per game last year. Certainly not a game where you look at it and you say, oh, my God, the Niners' defense was awful in the Super Bowl. Is this not classic scapegoating here that he gets bounced? Totally. Yeah. Totally. And, 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 Rob, I'll throw you a little tidbit here. I actually wrote about it this morning. I, I don't think it happens, but is there a better fit for Bill Belichick as a defensive coordinator than San Francisco? I mean, you look at Kyle <laughs> okay. Shanahan, yeah. you know, two Super Bowl berths, three trips to the NFC Championship game under his belt. He's not feeling the pressure of having to look over his shoulder at a Bill Belichick being in the building. You look at Bill Belichick, the, the 49ers, with all the talent they have, that's the best defense wow. he'd have the chance to call since the 86 Giants, who he won a Super Bowl with. And his choices are basically hanging out on, on seven rings, his yacht, or you know going into a TV booth somewhere, or maybe calling the defense for the 49ers. Again, I, I don't think it it's happens. interesting. But the, He's a junkie, fit, man. He needs it. That, that's an, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a that's a good. I like that thought, man. I mean, I'm. A, boy, could that ego do it? That's the question. I mean, that's the biggest really question. Swallow his pride. Yeah. That's the biggest question. And how much do you want to rehabilitate your image from the last three years and how it ended in New England? Spend a year calling plays for that defense. You're going to be a, a candidate again next year for head coaches, or do you go and collect the paycheck? you know, analyzing games like he did on college game day and did a pretty nice job there or go hang out on the yacht. I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it's an interesting choice. Again, it's nice I don't to have think those it choices. happens. Well, I, I, well, one other thing though, Lamba, one of the other offshoot of that is as if there wasn't enough pressure on Kyle Shanahan already, Belichick goes in there and that defense just, just absolutely crushes. It's like, <laughs> does Bill he, just step in? I think he wins the Super Bowl the first time around if, if the defense can close, right? I mean, you, you blow the 20-10 to 10 lead in the fourth quarter of the Chiefs. I think no question if the defense, you know, yeah. takes care of business this past Sunday. I think they win that game. They blew the lead in the second half there. Mm. I'm just saying, the, the, infra, the infrastructure is there for it to be interesting. Food for thought, man. Food for thought. All right, Matt, uh, again, check him out. Uh, he is the senior NFL insider fan buzz and you can also check out all the links to his work uh at 
Matt Lombardo NFL on Twitter slash X. Matt, keep up the good work, man. It was good catching up with you, bud. Matt, thank you so much. you guys. I want to see a third Emmy over. I want to see a third Emmy over there. I need one of those, right? That's it. I I will lend them out for a small uh, nominal price. That's for sure. Matt, appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, sir. All right, you got it. That's Matt Lombardo. Always good catching up with him. Tone, let's get one in. And let's talk about the turnover factor here. Uh, Coaching and potentially players, it's a lot. And you just heard what Matt had to say. It didn't sound real encouraging from him about where he he sort of thought the Eagles rank. And we're actually going to do that later. We're going to do our NFC power rankings. Um, not really loving where I have them either, to be honest with you. Look, we'll, we'll this get is, into it. Yeah. This, is a, this is a time where it's important for not just us, but also fans to really think about where this team really is and not about where we want them to be. Where yeah. are they currently today? And yes. what do they need to do to get back to where we want them to be? Uh, yeah. this, is, this, this needs to be an off-season of – um, of realism, you know, we can't, we, you know, we, we can't live in the clouds. Right. This, this, Philadelphia, exactly. this Philadelphia Eagles team no. has a lot, a lot of things to take care of, and the opponents are only going to get better. So, the you know the the, the pressure's on, man. You know, it's it's put up a shut up time. Everybody I mean, has to earn. Their, everyone has to earn their paychecks. Think about the varying degrees of pressure. And we'll get into this, but the the varying degrees of pressure. Sirianni, basically, almost everybody around you blown up, right? Mm-hmm. Coaching wise. And to, real quick to hear Matt Lombardo say the word around the league is the fact that he lost that team. He, he lost the team, right? Um, and then I don't know why people are afraid to say it. I'm glad Matt Lombardo, you know, you know, made it clear. People in this in this town are afraid to say that, and I don't and I don't understand it. Yeah, and, and so there's there's the Nick part, then there's the Jalen. Everybody, oh, he just signed that big deal, and here we go again. It's Wentz all over again. I think it's nonsense, but that's what people are going to say. And then how about Howie? You know, I mean, Howie's in a very interesting spot, too, because he – I get it. He's got the faith of Jeffrey Lurie. I understand that. But mm-hmm. expectations were high last year. They're going to be high again this year. And you 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 elect it to keep Nick on if it doesn't turn out well, you know. So there you go. Uh, all right. A lot to get to, which we will uh, when we come back. Uh, he's telling him, Rob, all right, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Knowing who to trust can be a challenge when it comes to your finances, right? And I'm right there in the front of the line. But I can tell you from personal experience that someone that I trust is Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That is another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim and I couldn't be any happier. You will be as well. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you can email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. 
If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we're back, folks. Stone, I'm Rob, hanging out with you on this Friday Eve. All right, so um, turnover, Eagles turnover. And I don't mean the kind where you fumble or you throw an interception, although there are way too many of them. But coaching <laughs> uh, and players here, Tone. So they, they've moved on from, from the uh, a lot of the coaching staff. We mentioned earlier, even one of uh, Jeff Stoutland's you know, main assistants is gone. He's now with Cleveland. So they've moved on from inexperience and it's clear that they prioritize guys who have been around for a little bit here uh this offseason all right so let's start with that Sean Desai he had one year of previous DC experience with Chicago Bears he's no longer here Vic Fangio is entering his 24th season as a defensive coordinator uh Tracy Rocker who we talked about a little bit earlier uh he had three previous years going into last year Clint Hurt has 10 going into this season. Mm. Uh, Brian Johnson, one with zero years of experience as a DC. Kellen Moore is entering his sixth. Alex Taney, who is now with the Colts, had zero years of experience as a quarterback's coach. Doug Neusmeyer is entering his seventh. So l- let's just start there. Um, and by the way, Desai and Patricia have not been hired to any position. Wow. Brian Johnson took a demotion to be an offensive assistant with Washington. Um, so that 
in and of itself is, is kind of interesting that not nobody off of the staff has been elevated in a position elsewhere. So let's start there. I mean, clearly there was a lot going on. I mean, you've had players say that we were confused at times. You've had players say we we began pointing fingers because we were confused at times. It, it was a spe- it was apparent on both sides of the ball, but it was really apparent on the defensive side when they made the move to go to Patricia because he he I think he tried to in, in, install more stuff than maybe even they anticipated. The players were really really lost. So I, I think that in and of itself should these guys being around a little bit should bring some stability at least. Uh, yeah, you know? I mean, it, you would hope. But here's the thing, though, when you when you retain the head coach and you go through all this coaching turnover around him, it begs the question, how sustainable or stable is the environment really? Right. If Nick Sirianni gets blown out, does that mean all those other guys leave again? You know what I mean? Or are you going to elevate one of those guys to the interim head coach and then decide long term from there? I mean, that's those are the kind of things we have to think about because Nick Sirianni and as far as I'm concerned, he's hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Right. Yep. And again, for the Philadelphia Eagles to make the moves they've made, um, you know, outing his entire staff when he's really only had one major setback as a head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles through a three year span, through three playoff bursts. He's only had one setback and we just experienced that. Yet they yet they they jumped off the cliff and made all these knee jerk reactions throughout the staff. And makes you it makes you question how they saw him from the beginning, right? It makes you question where their trust level and where their trust level is with him, you know, from the beginning, right? If if it was a guy you believed in, you don't off this entire staff the way they did and surround him with all these people who have, to be frank, more experience than him. That is not a good look to me, especially for Nick Sirianni. So again, I've I've, I've said this time and time again: the Eagles don't trust him. The Eagles probably never did trust him. What the Eagles trust more than anything is their process. They trust their formula. They trust their procedures, right? They fired Doug Peterson, the Super Bowl winning head coach. That tells you right then and there. They trust their process more than they trust the people. Uh, Interesting thought. You know, because here's the thing. If they're going to lean on that, lean into that, their their process, are we really going to see philosophical changes? If they believe in their process so much, are we going to see them emphasize linebacker? Are we going to see them, you know, maybe dole out a little bit more money for a safety? Uh, probably not, right? If if they if they have such a strong belief in the in the core of what they do, you know, uh, you we very well could be looking at Zach Cunningham and Nicobe Dean coming back as your starting linebackers next year. We could be looking at Blankenship and and somebody else who they have to fill in, you know, if if Sidney Brown's maybe not ready to go or whatever. You may not see the kind of significant changes that I think some Eagles fans want to see. Right, right. Again, you know, you don't make the moves they made if you trust Nick Sirianni. As simple as that. And he obviously wanted to keep his job because he said all the right things to make sure he wasn't on the first flight out with those guys. Right. Need I remind you, they made they made him fire one of one of his one of his groomsmen in his wedding, DK yeah. McDonald. Right. I mean, they. So. When I think about it from that perspective, maybe it's pessimistic, maybe it's daunting for people, and I can understand if you don't like hearing it. But the fact of the matter is, Nick Sirianni is in a situation where it's not optimal. Um, he's on thin ice. Um, he has no control. He has no say so over the offense, over the defense. He has no say so over anything. Um, so we think about it from that perspective. 
like they like they said at the press conference. What is it you do here again? You know what I mean? So uh I don't want to think about the Philadelphia Eagles in this context, but again, when you, when you fire a Super Bowl winning head coach in Doug Peterson, and then you do what you did to Nick Sirianni at the first sign of trouble, you don't trust people. You believe you're the reason why your success is what it is. Otherwise, you would have kept Doug Peterson. Otherwise, you would have allowed Nick Sirianni to crawl himself out of this hole and leave with some dignity. Right. You didn't do that. You're more. You have more faith in your procedure than the person, and that is a slippery slope because because you you, you can be blinded by your process, right? That can prevent you from really looking in the mirror and really uh really uh, assessing what you did wrong in the situation. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, they have they they have they have a lot of things to do this off season, and. I, I I have a hard time seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to Nick Sirianni's future in Philadelphia. Me personally, that, that that's just me. I don't know where. where, where it, it, well, here here's I, I'm with you. You sort of hinted at this, and I I think it's the the tough part of evaluating this is up until those seven games, and that that is very much like other than that, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Right? I mean, I get it, but other than those last seven games, you're talking about a guy who turned around a team that was a mess, frankly, the last year of Doug. I would have given Doug another year. but the, the, Same, that, same the, here, by the way. Yeah, the, the last season, the season of Doug was bad, and there were so many questions with Wentz. So they got rid of Wentz. Okay, at least you got rid of that distraction. But to, to start off 2-5 and five when it looked like that team was headed nowhere and then right the ship and get them to 9-8, and eight, he deserves a lot of credit for that. And then I know the schedule wasn't hard in 2022. I get it. But they only lost one game that Jalen Hurts started that year. That's a up until the Super Bowl. That's a phenomenal run. Right. It's still the, it's still the NFL. That's pretty. It's pretty hard to do. It really is. And then the, then lastly, you know, ten and one. And I get it. It was sort of we all watched it with our own eyes, and we knew some of this was false. It was like fake. But you know, there's a there's a lot more in his three years good than bad. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, but sometimes when you lose it at least in certain situations, you don't get it back. Like you're damaged by it. You know what I mean? Like if you, you could be really good at something and then you get in a situation where you just get, it, it all gets twisted up. You lose your confidence and you need to go somewhere else to get back to who you were. I don't know if Nick, Nick may be in that spot or it's just, he was really real with himself in the off season and said, I did not do a good enough job here. And I'm not even talking about really football stuff. I mean, like, I didn't manage this well. I should have talked to this guy. I should have benched that guy. I have to be more uh, whatever here and less here. I I hope there was unbelievable soul searching. I think that had to be part of the process when they agreed to sort of let him come back, if you will. Um, but, but, no, but thinking and... Seeing that you need to do things differently and really being able to apply it are two different things. Here's why. He can want to do things differently, but have the players down deep said, he's not the guy. And if that's the case, there's always going to be something missing. You know, like all the guys who went to bat for him are older dudes who respect the way he treats them because he doesn't overwork them. He's not got Jason Kelsey doing busy work crap. He's mm-hmm. going to give him a maintenance day if he looks beaten up. 
And those guys love that. Okay. And that's cool. It's good. They should, but it's the middle-aged guys and the younger guys who really have to buy into him. That really have to believe in him. I don't know that the buy-in's there. And and really, last thing, I don't want to go on a speech here, but the last thing on this Nick's is, do you, is that a reflection of Nick or is it those guys? Is it is it the younger the younger guys don't have right now what it takes to get there? We know Kelsey and Fletcher Cox do. We know that. I don't know that Jordan Davis has the mental fortitude to do it. It seems like a nice dude. That doesn't mean anything. I don't know that the, the, some of those guys have it. So that's also where Howie and Jeff have to say, that guy's a problem. We need to talk to that guy or that guy needs to be gone because you better clear out anybody who isn't on board. They can't be back. Yeah. I mean, you, you raise a lot of good points, right? I boil it down to this. Players respect coaches who they believe can make them better, right? Just that, just that one percent, that two percent better, right? They, they, they respect coaches who can help dig them out of holes. Guys who, who, who show a propensity to fix. Guys who know how to respond to adversity. You know, sometimes players, players are so entrenched into their roles. Sometimes they don't even have the answers, right? That's why you have coaches who can actually look at the macro and say, "Look, everyone, we're not as we're not we're not as far off as we think. This is what we have to do, right?" And not once through that, because again, let's think about this. This wasn't just a two, three, four game skid. This was an eight week. This this is half the season. Yep. This 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 was an eight. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. It's a half a season. Yep. This was an eight week. You can't the playoffs. Collapse. Hundred percent. Yep. Eight week collapse. Let's let's just really think about that. We watched this team. We we as fans, we watched it in slow motion. We watched this team just fall and stumble. It was, it was literally a slow death, a slow burn. It was death by a thousand paper cuts, and not once could Nick Sirianni find an answer. Not once did he adjust his approach on offense. Not once did he. Um, not once did he shake things up. Players see that. Yeah. Players notice that. Again, this this was an eight-week skid. I know what I think. I think this front office, they saw what was going on, and they said to themselves, he can't handle it. He can't fix it. Correct. He does not have the answers. Because if he did, we would have saw something. We would have saw something change. Mm-hmm. We would have saw... Something shake. I don't think those players believe in him. I definitely don't think the front office believes in him. I personally believe the front office allowed him to run his back because they don't want to deal with the PR nightmare of offing two head coaches with winning records. Getting rid of a head coach with a winning record of uh, 60% or more and getting rid of a Super Bowl winning head coach within the past five seasons. The Eagles don't want that pressure. No, and just being they don't want to have the answer team. to that. Yeah, being labeled that team that you're just running guys in and out. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. firmly, be- I firmly believe if if it's fair because they don't want to deal with the PR nightmare. I believe so, that if you're right, uh, that is terrible decision making. Honestly, because 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 think about it, think about it. He was so he, everything went so bad. You felt the need to fire everybody. <clears throat> Except for him, yeah. 
Make that make sense. If he was so bad, Here, here's how if everything was so bad. Why not just X him out and just say, look, everything was terrible. We realized he really wasn't the guy and we're moving on. I can respect that move. That's the courage of your convictions. Yeah. But when you half step it, when you straddle the fence like this, now I feel like you, you, you have ulterior motives behind it. Well, let me give you two thoughts off of that. One, um, the only way that it makes sense is if Jeffrey and Howie were the ones who wanted those guys as assistant coaches. Okay. If they were their hires, so to speak, I'm not saying Nick didn't have the input, but if, but if they look at it and they're like, man, we saddled this guy with two stiffs, maybe he deserves another opportunity. I'm just giving you like a devil's advocate. Okay. No, that's reasonable. Right. That's very reasonable because I mean, the, 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 the rumors, the rumors since he's been here is that he doesn't really have as, as much control as we think, or as much as they portray him to have, you right. know, they, 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 they love parading, you know, Nick's decisions. Oh yeah. Nick, you know, uh, Nick decided the Sean decide thing. And, you know, Nick decided, um, Nick decided on this coach or that. They, they love, they love parading him around as if he's a chief decision maker when we know he's not. So maybe you're right. I think that, I, I think that's a reasonable, um, retort to what I'm saying. So I don't think, it, I don't think that's off base at all. It's, it's very plausible. The only thing I would say also off of that is if, if I want to go back to your, your thought of, they just didn't want the PR nightmare. The problem with that kind of thinking is, man, if this blows up this year, the PR pushback that you're going to get off of the way this year being bad is way worse than if you just recognized the problem and made a change right away, even if it was unpopular at the time. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. you're looking, you're it's very short-sighted that you're yeah. worried about a pushback publicly because what you're going to get this year is going to be a thousand times worse. Here's here's what, what I say to that. Was. Here's what I say to that, right? Yeah. I don't know if I would say a thousand times worse, but I will say this. You would have took your medicine earlier than having to take it later if you would have got him out of the building quicker. You know what I mean? You would have pulled you, you would have pulled the band-aid off quicker. Right? right. That's what I mean. Yeah. And, right, 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 right. So so to your point, this is what I think is a potential to happen. Remember, they surrounded him with all these experienced people. Yep. The Philadelphia Eagles are notorious hedging their bet they 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 hire Sean Desai what do they do a few weeks later or a month later Patricia Patricia Mm -hmm. huh the moment they did that I thought to myself are you hedging your bet that's Mm -hmm. the first thing I thought about yeah so that was that so again they've shown the propensity to always hedge their bet remember um Jalen Hurts after year one as a starter it was mediocre let's be honest Jalen Hurts had a mediocre rookie season um not rookie but a mediocre first year starting um, he wasn't awful, but he wasn't great either. You remember that year they had two first round picks, yeah, and they were ready to they were ready to empty the tank on Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. It's documented that they tried to make a play for him. They tried to make a play for Deshaun Watson. It's documented. Um, obviously Russell Wilson vetoed the move, and Deshaun Watson went to Cleveland because they gave him a fully guaranteed contract. Mm-hmm. So they 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 were again hedging their bets, right? I wouldn't be surprised. If the reason they brought in a guy like Vic Fangio with all their experience, um, bringing in a guy like Kellen Moore, a guy that they've actually interviewed in 2021, in 2021 when they brought in Nick Sirianni, they interviewed him too. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if things start off slow or if this team starts off with a three and four record or or a two and five record, however you want to slice it. If they start off, if, if, if come week eight or week seven, they're under 500. I wouldn't be surprised if they ex Nick Seriani out 
they elevate Kellen Moore to be the interim head coach. Yeah. And then they can ride through the season with that staff still. You can justify the fire then. And then you make Kellen Moore your full-time head coach. That way you don't have to get rid of your entire staff completely. That's their that's their easiest path out of Nick Sirianni if things go south. Okay. Because you can justify that, you can yeah. make sense of that. I, I, I can see what you're, what you're. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. Yeah, and look, uh, this is me putting my tinfoil hat on. So I get you, I got you. Uh, but so on top of the coaching part of it, which is a lot, potentially ten different players. So three on the offensive side, you could have a change at center, which means mm-hmm. you're you're gonna have a change at guard, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have, you could potentially have a change at running back. So there's three yep. positions right there, and, and wide the other- receiver three. And wide receiver three. True. Yeah. If you, if you consider three wide out starters, true. That's true. You could have four. Yeah. You know, there. depending on if you're, a, a, you know, most teams operate out of, out of 11 personnel. Yeah. So that's three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. Right. So, right. yeah. You could also have seven on the defensive side, depending mm. on, you know, again, some of this is contingent on Fletcher Cox coming back and blah, blah, blah. But you could have a lot of, if you make a move on Zach Cunningham, if you make a move, if the Kobe isn't your starter, there's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. It feels very, um, very much in flux rather than settled. So mm-hmm. if that, if that side has that many now, I, I, some people say, Hey, good riddance. You're getting rid of a lot, chopping a lot of fat off. Smart, do it, whatever. But there are others that would say it, it's really hard to win when you're changing that much. Like mm-hmm. the chiefs. Yes. They did a lot on the, on the defensive side. Number one, they were able to do that because they had Chris Jones because they drafted inc- incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Carl Loftus, uh, McDuffie, uh, you know, Sneed, others, Reed. They, they drafted really, really well. We don't know yet. We, we, we think Jalen Carter's good, but there's a lot of guys where the jury's out still. And then they're going to have to get all of this right this year on top of it. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles are the most unstable program in the NFL, well, in the NFC right now in terms of the top 17, or the top 10 teams. Yeah. And we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the top 10 power rankings in the NFC. Yeah. But when I look at the 49ers, I see stability. Um when I look at the when I look at the Lions, I see stability. When I look at the Packers, I see I see stability. Even the Cowboys, I see more stability. Uh the Rams, I see stability. The Bucks, mm, debatable. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles, the whole coach staff has changed. Your whole defense is going to be have a whole new look. You know, you're going to be changing out four bodies on offense. Um, probably right. Mm-hmm. This is not, the, the, you know, this isn't Madden. This isn't something that you're just going to like, you know, p- you know, click a few buttons and all of a sudden now you're back in the mix. The competition got stiffer, and you got worse. We got to keep it real with ourselves here. Yeah, and I, and I think too, you you also have to ask yourself. And again, a lot we haven't gotten anywhere. We're we're sitting here. All right, right. It's so early. It's still it's early so in the offseason. Yeah, very early. We but, haven't even got right to the now, combine yet. They lack talent on the defensive side of the ball. They just do. So you're going to have to swing and either hit home runs or doubles or triples or singles and not miss if you're Howie. You the got, for you error got, is gone. There, there are. There are. And you're not in a depth mode thing. Like you could, you could use a second rounder on Tyler Steen last year. You could use a second rounder on Cam Jurgens the year before that. Okay, that's fine. They kind of loaded at other places. You're not loaded anymore. Yeah. These are guys who you're going to draft and they're come right in and play. Yeah. You need Period. guys that can be impact players right away. And Matt Lombardo says something really key. Through all the turbulence that we're talking about, right, through all the coaching turnover, all the roster turnover, 
if Jalen Hurts comes back and is sharp, all of this can be a smoother ride than we anticipated. Oh, he covers up a lot of words. Jalen Hurts is deodorant next year. He has to to be the ultimate deodorant. If your defense is mediocre, which I I actually wouldn't – I'd be okay if they were mediocre. I'm telling you the truth. They weren't mediocre last year. They were worse than that. Way below (laughs) mediocre. Right. The defense is mediocre, and then the offense is really high functioning. Yeah, you that's you can win in the league that way. You can. Um, now, I think will it get to you w- once you get deeper into the playoffs? That's where I think it could end up biting you. But you could see them have a successful offseason if Jalen's right, if they're right with that, and that might be the way they're thinking. Like they're they're savvy enough, I think, front office wise to know. Look, we're we don't we need a lot on defense. Let, let's get a couple of these right, start chipping away at it, and within two years we can we can sort of retool this thing. But mm-hmm. what we know we have with the quarterback and the receivers and you know and the line is we can we could be good on offense again with the right guy. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Hurts has to come back sharp. It's no it's no if ands or buts or maybe he has to. He has to come back sharp. He has to. Mm-hmm. This this is something that's that it's is death taxes and Jalen Hurts. It has to be guaranteed. Yeah. He has to come back sharper than ever. Because if he comes back sharp, like you said, it can cover up a lot of warts, and it can and it, and it can carry you through the season. If he's yep. on, then it'll make fixing this thing way smoother. Because the last thing you have to worry about is okay, my offense is going to continue to have a flow. They're going to continue to put up points. Can my defense become opportunistic and make plays here and there? Right? Can they, you know, can they get a, a takeaway there? Can they make a couple of plays? Jalen Hurts, and I'm—I I know I'm repeating it, but it's so imperative that Jalen Hurts comes back better than ever. Yeah, he has to. I—I—I I was thinking about this because I saw a PFF rate. Uh, Jordan Mylot, I think, graded out like unbelievably high last year. Yeah, top three um, tackle. And that was only behind Trent Williams and Penny Sewell. Both got, you know, Trent Williams was a first-team all-pro left tackle. Penny Sewell, first-team all-pro right tackle. And then Melada's right behind those guys. All right, so you think about that. So you have a a, a premier left tackle. Mm -hmm. You have Landon Dickerson, who's been a two-time pro bowler in Mm -hmm. in his three years so far. Another guy that's going to have to get paid soon, too, Mm -hmm. which we don't talk about very much. But you have those two guys. Uh, you still have Lane Johnson, arguably the best right tackle in football. Even if Kelsey leaves, and I know there's going to be a, there's going to be transition with Jurgens, and there's going to be you know Steen. I think ultimately is your other guard. It's still a really good line. Yeah, you could do uh, a lot worse. You could do yeah. a lot worse. Um, but that middle, the gut, that's the last thing. Quarter, quarterbacks hate. When the middle of the pocket collapse. Yeah, the pr- the pressure up the middle, any quarterback will tell you is the hardest kind of pressure. Exactly. So losing if if, if you lose Kelsey, okay, Jurgens moves over, and then okay, can Tyler Steen step in? I mean, you have questions. I mean, Cam Jurgens has starting experience, but we haven't seen him as, as as our center quite yet. We saw him in a couple of preseason games, but um, and that seems more like a natural position for him. But overall, like you said, Melada, Landon Dickerson. Um, Lane Johnson right there, who they're going to have to start to consider thinking about the future beyond him. Um, it, it's, it's not going to be the worst offensive line, but it's not going to be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, with those three guys, is, is it still a top 10 O-line? I would say so with those three guys. I definitely um, say top 10, yeah. 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 But but top five, um, we may have to debate it. 
if you lose Kelsey and then you move Jurgens and you got to figure out right guard. Yeah, I, and this is also where you know you know what you have at receiver, but you don't have enough at receiver. In other words, you got mm-hmm. you got to add to that position. You got to add to the backup tight end. The, the thing is, yeah. there's no depth there at all. You got to yeah, but you're gonna have to prioritize because there's so much needed on the on the defense side of the ball. At what point, you know. Where do you start in terms of whether it's draft or free agents? How much of a priority is it money-wise to start getting some of the depth there? This is, these are all the things. One Another thing that Howie's going to have to parse out, and I'm sure they're in the process of doing so. But, like, that's – how do you prioritize that if you have so many glaring needs right now in terms of starters? Mm-hmm. That's why I'm really curious to see how this thing goes. Free once free agency passes, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to really kind of think a little more clearer. But as of right now, man, I don't know what the first move is gonna be. But actually, the first move has been made. They brought in some guy, Julian. Um, what is it? Uh, Julian Okora brought him in. He's just a guy as of right now. No major impact, even on the team he was on. Buckle up, Eagles fans. It's gonna yeah. be a hell of an offseason. It is. I mean, we haven't been really in this spot in a couple of years. You you were in it uh, the year they made the coaching change and and brought Nick in, where it was going to be a very critical uh, offseason because of personnel and whatnot. But we haven't been in this spot in a couple of years now, and this is where how he's got to got to really and, and his staff have really got to get it right because there isn't any wiggle room. If they don't, I think they're going to have a hard time making the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and that, that, that's where it's at. All right, so we, uh, we'll we come back. We're going to run through a bunch of different things, uh, Flyers, Sixers, uh, baseball as well. Then we have our NFL segment. In the NFL segment, we will do our NFC power rankings. And then we're, we, we're going to kind of jump around a little bit in the last segment with, with, a, with a, a bunch of different things that we usually do to kind of close it out. And in part, must-watch player in each sport, non-Philadelphia. Who are the guys that if you're flipping around that you're going to stay if X is playing in their sport? All right, we'll do that in the last segment. But uh, like I said, a lot of Flyers, Sixers, Phillies uh, when we come back. All right, let's talk about ProAction Restoration. ProAction Restoration is the place you turn to if your home, your property, or your business goes through the pain and the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. You know how trying that can be, right? And, and, and they are the people that can handle it. And the beauty is... ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I went through it. I had some water damage in the house. And the first thing they did was they got out here quickly. They recognized the problem. They fixed the problem so it wouldn't occur again. And then they went about uh, taking care of the damage. And they worked in conjunction with my insurance company, which was great. It was such a relief. It was one less headache in a very stressful situation. ProAction Restoration is licensed, bonded, fully insured, serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with the insurance company, as I mentioned, and they handle everything. Water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, even beyond. Uh, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene. 
Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you hanging on this Thursday. How was uh, Valentine's Day, Tony? Everything was good, man. Uh, me and the wife, we went and got pedicures. I feel nice. great. Nice. Yeah, my, my feet feel great, man. I feel like I'm walking on clouds. So, uh, yeah, man, we uh, went and got pedicures, and then uh, we went and got some, uh, some, uh, some, uh, what is it, uh, some pho, some pho, some pho, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, it's it's kind of like a, like an Asiatic dish. Okay. Um, it's pretty cool, man. Um, took it easy. Didn't do too much. Um, got most of our activities done. On the anniversary, went to a really nice uh, restaurant um, on the anniversary a couple days ago, the Chiefs Brothers Steakhouse Ooh, uh, okay. in in, uh, in Temple, in Temple, Texas. It's really good. So, uh, yeah, man, overall, the past couple of days have been pretty good. Pretty That's good. good. How about good. you? How about uh, you? It was good, man. Um, she bought, she got a pizza shaped, uh, heart shaped pizza. Oh, that's hilarious. Did you, uh, did you, uh, rubber feet? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so we got a, a surprise. So we had our our little niece was was uh, had was dropped off, and she's great, Lucy. So we had, we had a little uh, we had a visitor. So we the three of us had pizza. We kind of chilled. We did our thing, and we we played with her. And then uh, yeah, and then and then we had uh, you know we, then we just kind of chilled after that. I told you she's not big on she's not a Valentine's Day gal. So. Uh, yeah, I, but I made sure that, you know, she knew how appreciated she was. So I did that. I did That's my awesome. husband, husbandly duty. That's a thing. All right. You did so the dishes let, and everything. <laughs> I'll always dude. I am very domesticated. Wash dishes, whatever. Same, is, man. Same, yeah. man. Um, very domesticated. I, I, I cook. First of all, do all kind of stuff. That, that stuff's easy. Like what are very we talking much. about? Drop some it's, stuff it's, it's, in the washer very, and go do whatever you got to do in the meantime. Like very easy. make a big deal out of that stuff. It's nothing. Anyway. He is very easy. All right, flyers wise. So a couple things of interest, Tone. Uh, they have named Sean Couturier the 20th captain of the franchise. Uh, he's in his mm. 12th year with the Flyers. Good story. He had, had overcome a, it took him about two years to come back from two different surgeries, 22 months, in fact, from two back surgeries. And he's back and he's mm. playing really, really well. Um, they haven't had a captain since Claude Giroux was here before he got traded uh in the 2022 season. But he is a very worthy guy. He's not a super outspoken guy, but he's a he's a lead by example, grinder. You know, good guy, good good in the room, as they say, all that stuff. So, it also it tells you he's not getting moved. At the yeah, trade. that's the first thing I was going to ask you. I mean, yeah. that, can, that 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 changes, you know, what we maybe initially thought about their trade deadline plans. Yeah, he he will not be one of them uh, who is going anywhere. All right, so there's that component to it. The other interesting thing is they have a game tonight against Toronto at Toronto, but this kind of snuck up on, I think a lot of folks, I, you know, I, I was, I remember that this was on the schedule early and then I forgot about it too, but they have an outdoor game on Saturday. They play at MetLife stadium where the giants play in the jets uh, against the devils at mm. night. That's going to be pretty cool watching that in the dark and, you know, in the, under the uh, lights. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, again, I've never been to a hockey event, but being but going to one outside just just sounds dope. It's gonna be freezing, but yeah. I, it, it, it just sounds like a, like a good time. So, yeah. so bring, bring bring your hot cocoa. You never bring your hand warmers. Yeah. <laughs> bring all that. But that was you know the Winter Classic idea, which is now, geez, probably 10, 15 years old, whatever, was one of the true good new things done in sports. Most of this stuff is recycled and it's not mm -hmm. all that unique. This one was, it was a winner, you know, from the jump. It's really done well for the game. You know what I think the NBA needs to do? They need to adopt something similar. I would love to see an NBA game outside. Yeah. Playing that in like California be. somewhere or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somewhere where the weather is pretty predictable mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the wind isn't insane. I think that would be really cool. It would watch. be cool. Remember, remember yeah. I, what's that? What's um? Is it Iowa where Caitlin Clark plays? Is that what it is? Iowa? Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, they played an outdoor game. They played an outdoor game, and it, and it worked out. It was pretty cool. So yeah. I would well, love. You know who does that too? Um, in college basketball, in the beginning of the year, they play the game on a uh, on a uh, on a carrier, uh, a naval carrier. Oh yeah, uh, I heard about that. Michigan State. It's usually Michigan State and somebody else. I forget who the other team is off the top of my head. But anyway, that's that's a pretty neat. And in San Diego, that's a pretty neat thing that they do. Yeah, man. Well. Well, yeah. I, 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 the, the NBA needs to, you know, or maybe as a trial, maybe they host the All Star game one time outside. That, it, it, it'll bring back that 
that you know that park blacktop energy yeah yeah rucker park man in, in new york um all right so there's that then let's go to the sixers they played last night against the heat they lost uh both teams were kind of shorthanded the heat were without jenny butler the sixers were more shorthanded than the heat but both teams were down a few guys it was a back and forth game really pretty close most of the night and the Sixers end up losing 109, 104. Uh, Maxi played well. Heel played well. A couple of guys struggled from the field. Uh, Cameron Payne struggled from the field. Uh, Ubre struggled from the field. The thing that really stood out to me was late in the game when they had to get a defensive rebound, they didn't. Too many extra chances, man, uh, for the Heat last night. Jaime Jaquez hurt them. Uh, Adebayo had a couple big rebounds. It, it was one of those deals where you just it was just basic sort of box out stuff and they just didn't do it yeah um look i think they need this break the guy guys need to get healthy yeah and uh look you don't have your best player we knew this team was going to struggle big time they made some moves to supplement in the in the interim but overall they don't have enough and they're going to they're going to regularly be be competing in that fourth fifth sixth c maybe seventh c area Oh, yeah. No, I, I think so, too. I mean, the, the good news is, and this was according to Nick Nurse, he feels like those a couple of those guys like Melton uh, and Tobias are getting really close, meaning, you know, he thinks they're going to have them back potentially after the All-Star break. That is going to be very interesting, too. Like, to see what the, what I know Embiid's not going to be there yet, but to see what it looks like with Maxi and Heald and Tobias, you know, and Melton, pretty close to what it's going to be in terms of the guys who are going to get real rotational minutes, mm -hmm. how well that they can, they can play and hold up and how much those guys get used to one another, you know, before well, Joel comes back. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a ramp up here for a lot of these guys, especially Melton, man. He's been out of, he's been out of action for a while. So he's going to have to get that win back. Um, They're going, they're going to make the playoffs. I, like I, I, I don't I think so. I, I, think yeah, so. I, know, I know things are a little meek. They're right going to be now, at least in the play in. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs for sure. Um, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, you know what we always say: get out of the second round. And uh, as of right now, that's looking bleak. But when Joel B comes back and everyone's full go, then we'll be able to get a proper sense of how far this team can go. I mean, I, I, look, I look at it from this standpoint: like, who's uh, is is Boston unbeatable? Like, who's great? I, I don't know that anybody. Milwaukee is flawed. Milwaukee is very flawed. Man. Boston is head and shoulders ahead of everybody, though. They're like six, seven games in, in, in the number one. They're six up. Yeah, they're, they're six up on uh, – on, on, actually, on Cleveland. Milwaukee's in third now. They've been bad yeah, with didn't they, didn't they beat – who did they beat last night by 50? The Celtics won by 50 last night. Uh, Without Jalen Brown. Who who was it? Uh, it was – oh, God. Who was it last night? Hold on. Um, it was the Nets. Nets. Yeah, I mean the Nets One, are terrible, but 136 to 86. That's insane. That is frightening, man. Yeah, that's uh, insane. Uh, and, and what is Ben Simmons still? What happened now? He's not playing, right? Did he play last night? No, <laughs> I don't know. Let, let, let me let me check because this, this, this dude is a clown. No, I'm looking at the box score. He didn't. Oh, play. okay, okay. Yeah, he didn't play. Um, of course you did. Yeah, you're right. But they were without Jalen Brown. Sam Hauser got the start. Jeez, man. Uh, hey, and Pritchard went off. 28 points, 11 for 16. Jeez. Yeah, he had a big game. Uh, they got a lot of contributions. Uh, Derek White was really good, 27. Mm -hmm. 
you know, Porzingis, whatever. But yeah, I mean, that's that's two things. One, Boston is really good, and the Nets suck. You know, and that's uh, that's I I know there are some Sixers fans that are holding out hope in the offseason that that they could maybe get their hands on Michael Bridges. I don't know, man. If you're the Nets, is that's are all, you moving that guy? Like that's all they have. They're not moving him. He's all they have. They're not moving him. I'm with you. you. I don't think you, th- you think they, you think they're going to hitch their wagon to Ben Simmons. Nobody's hitching anything to Ben Simmons. They're, they're, you know what fact. that? You know what Ben Simmons is? It's ride out the rest of the way. What what is there? Two years on his deal after? Yeah, this I year? was. Li- I'm literally checking it out right now. Let I'm going to say it's two. He's got two at like thirty. Yeah. Thirty something. Yeah, you're right. Um. He has two years left on the deal. If you're if you're including this current season, oh, so um, only one more after this year. Yes, he'll be a free agent in 2025, at at the age of 29, and wow. he's making 37.8 million dollars this year and 40.3 next year. He's robbed. He's stealing money, man. He's stealing money. Here's the big question. I don't want to d- dwell too much on Ben, but. Does he play after that year? Will he play? Will he be a, let me put it this way. I don't know. He'll play. He'll be part of a team because nobody, you can't get rid of him. Will he be in the NBA in the 25, 26 season at 30, 29, whatever he is. If, if, if I'm thinking about his makeup, I wouldn't be surprised if he retired young. Me either. And took his chips and left the casino. I, I, it kind of feels I, that way. I wouldn't be surprised. He can't stand. He he can't even give you ten games straight. No, like he can't give. He 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 can't. He can't even give. Like come on, he'll, he can't. He'll give, chalk it up to physical injuries. That's what he'll chalk right. it up. My to. neck, my back, my neck yes. and my back. Uh, yeah. Listen, just retire, bro. Get get out of the NBA. We don't care about you anymore. Just go. Take your money. You won. You as, no, as, as you as won. A, you won that. You yeah. did. You won the money you, game. Yeah. yeah. As a as as. as in terms of success and you're a champ there. But yeah. You you won. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You got generational wealth. You ain't got to worry about a dime for the rest of your life. You won. Yeah. Get the hell out of the league so we ain't got to ever talk about you again. All right. Let's uh <laughs> let's jump over to Was the that a little team. aggressive, Rob? Uh I enjoyed it. I don't know. I like oh, thanks. I, I like aggressive. It. Yeah. Uh so Zach Wheeler spoke yesterday and, and the Phillies are uh you know underway in in, in spring training. And, and, you know, he was very upfront. He said, look, uh, I want to get paid what my market value is. Uh, my agent and the Phillies are having talks. I don't get involved in it. Uh, I am kept up to speed on things. But if I start worrying too much about that stuff, I'm not going to get it done on the field. So I'm, I'm locked into what I need to do. And, um, you know, I, I've seen it affect other guys negatively. He said, I, I, I'm not getting involved in that stuff. That's why I have an agent. But he said, I really like it here. Uh, my wife really likes it here. Phillies have been first class to me, but I do want market value. So, he, you know, everything's on the table and he's totally up front. There's no, you know, it's all good. It yeah, is I mean, what it is. Look, if I was a player, I wouldn't worry about a damn thing, especially if I know I'm talented. I better listen. Take care of that. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey's doing that right yeah. now. I wouldn't worry about nothing. I'm, let me do my job. I'll let you do yours. Yeah. Simple as that. The yep. money going to come. Yeah, it will. And, and look, the, the bit, here's what I would prefer. This is me. It's what I prefer. It doesn't matter. It's going to be with Wheeler and his people in the Phillies. But if I'm the Phillies, I would rather pay him heavy for two or three years than start getting into like the real late 30s with him. Like Agreed. five years would would worry me. 
Yeah. You're pushing 40 at that point. I don't want to get near that. Give me, yeah. give me two or three at like 40 million a year. Yeah. I don't want a Jamie Moyer situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, like you said, nothing more than three years. And I think, I think three years is the sweet spot. Like you said, now the average salary that can, that's up for debate, but overall three years, heavy money up front. And let's, you know, let's go into World Series. That And that's the big thing for me. And I, and I, you know, I wonder, he may be up for that. You know, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to decide. The problem is like trying to measure it against some others. He's a little bit older than some of the other guys, you know, and Scherzer got a monstrous deal when he was older than uh, Wheeler was, but it was only for one year. It was a one with a, with a really high number that the one year. And then I think he got multiple years from the Mets, but whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a million dollar question because you can ill afford to lose him. You really can. Yeah, like, it might be, it I, might be a 40 or $50 million question. So here's like, Paul has an interesting number here. Three, a buck, 10, 35 a year. I can be honest. I'd go for that. I'd he go might, for that. Yeah. He might want 40. I think he's going to be pushing for 40. He might want yeah. 40. Yeah. Well, so that that's going to be a key thing, and then we're all sort of not bad though, Paul. Not bad at all. But I think no, it's not a bad number. I think he might want forty though. Well, yeah, and and we're still you know in the in the mindset of just kind of waiting to see where this goes. So that's that's the Phillies. Tone alluded to an Eagles move uh, a little bit earlier, if you want to call it that. So they they add a player. He played four years with the Lions, uh, Julian uh, Akara, who was an edge rusher who has battled some injuries. He was a good player at Notre Dame back in the day um, and averaged about two sacks per season in, in Detroit. So he's a guy who they bring in. You know, there's that. You're going to take some flyers on guys. They do – I know this is a different position, but they do still have Isaiah Rogers uh, in their back pocket. Uh, hopefully he's able to play and give them something. That, that, that could be your solution at corner that's cheap. Yeah, at you least know? in the slot because – um. You know, there's a chance Avante Maddox might get cut. Um, so that could be your slot guy. Look, every move they make is not going to be a home run. It's not, yeah. but you got to have some quality moves, right? You got to. There's going to be some. There's, there's going to be some moves where we say to ourselves, mm, "What is, does it? That doesn't move the needle." You're right. Like like the one we're talking about. It doesn't move the needle, but you're going to need bodies. You're going to need. You're going to need to establish competition. You got to do something, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully, um, you know, I don't mind playing small ball with this offseason. I don't mind having like you like you said earlier some doubles, some singles. You know what I mean? Yeah. The occasional triple. Maybe you get a home run in there a few times. But overall, um, they need to make quality moves. It's not, a, in my opinion, it's not about the quantity of moves. It's about the quality of moves. Um, that's why I love what he, the Houston Texans did. Well, um, in their previous offseason, they didn't really go for the fences. They, they they made a bunch of they made a bunch of tier two, tier three high quality moves, even in the draft, and they just rolled with it and they exceeded their own expectations yeah um again i don't think the i don't think the texas made not one single if you're not counting the draft obviously yeah not counting the draft because they made the yeah. they, they took stroud they made the move up to get right. will anderson right after right. him too, i don't think I, I don't think they made any a plus free agency moves i think they made a bunch of b b minus free agent moves and you know they were they were quality and, and, and guys produced you know what the one other thing too tone they definitely have to have a great offseason yeah, your second year players need to, need to show up. Mm-hmm. Second and third year guys, Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, 
Nicobe Dean, uh, Bradbury, Jurgens. Because you only have Jurgens, you only have so much money. So those guys all have got to show you now. There's no more, hey, I'm sitting at the kiddie table, you know, where mm-hmm. all the adults are in the game right now. No, you're in. You're in, kid. So all of those guys now need to show you what they're made of and take Absolutely. steps, you know? Absolutely. Um, Davis and Dean, Jurgens. Um, I'm trying to think who else was in that draft, but they're all entering year three in the NFL. Blankenship. Well, he wasn't Blanket. drafted. But right, you know right, right. I mean? he, he's right. Yeah. Listen, you got you listen, you guys are young veterans now. You guys know the score, you know what's expected. Step your weight up. It's just mm-hmm. that simple. And and you're simply put, you're gonna get more reps. You know, you're definitely Nolan get more Smith reps. is going to get opportunity. We're not let me put it this way, Tony. You and I aren't gonna sit here a year from now and say, Well, what do you expect? Nolan Smith hardly played. No, he's unless he sucks really bad, he's playing a lot. Mm-hmm. I know, agree. Barring injury. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, Noel Smith, and Noel them, Smith yeah. has a lot on his plate this year. And look, I he has the mentality of a worker. He made that very clear. He's got he's a, a great good. attitude. You ever been around the guy? I mean, he's 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 a joy to be around. But as Jordan Davis is a really nice dude, but that's all well and good. You got to play. Right, 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 right. You know, this ain't about being a nice guy. I need some yeah. dogs out there. No pun intended. Right. Yeah, you do. Um, and I think. Again, if you're asking me of any of the guys who, who were going into their second or third year, it's Jalen Carter. If you had to rank them, mm. I'd go Carter one. You mean as far you mean as far as like talent and production and just like just faith, no, faith, your faith. Oh, oh, confidence in that player got faith. Got you. I go Carter one. Man, I might go Sidney Brown too. Problem is, even, I don't know how he's going to respond off of that. Name. Even with the ACL, interesting. Who would you go to? Your no, choices I mean, are like Nolan Smith, Jordan Davis, uh, Blankenship, uh, Nicobe Dean. Out of that whole group, who's two after Carter? Oh man, that's a good question. Look, I'm not, I'm not even like against you saying Sidney Brown. It's you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just shows where how it's, it just shows how we see Jordan. He Davis. shouldn't be number two. We're coming right. off that knee. He should. Right. He should. He should be number four. But it just tells you how we. It just shows you clearly how we see Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. Yeah, you know, and how much we and how little we know about Nolan Smith. Yeah, the pressure is mounting on those guys. But sure to answer your question, I think Jalen Carter is one as far as confidence level. Um, Sydney Brown two, Keely uh, Ringo, Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis three. Um, n- Nolan Smith four, Ringo five. Dean six. You soured on Blankenship, huh? He's down there that low. Oh shoot, I forgot about him completely. Jeez, I, I, I guess I was. Yeah, thinking I'd about have guys him they... higher because he got real reps last yeah, year. Yeah, right? my bad. I, I, I forgot about him. I, yeah. I was thinking about guys they drafted. My bad. No, I know. Um, yeah, I, I, well, yeah. anyway, I get your point. I get your yeah. point. It's not. It's not a. It's a. It's a kind of scary lot because there's. A, you're just. You're up in the air on a lot. Yeah. The the, the, the real the, the real shocker is the fact that I'm so low on Dean, and it's only right. because of the fact that. The health, the size, he hasn't he hasn't proven anything to me, you know. At least with Sidney Brown, I saw him play a lot. I saw mm-hmm. the athlete, I saw the athleticism, I saw the potential, I saw how he's able to close the distance. Um, he gave us a pick six, he did, like a pretty remarkable play. I mean, he, he gave us great. something to sink our teeth into, right? Yeah. And, he, and we know he's willing to put his body on the line and hit you. We exactly, exactly. Nicole Dean didn't really give us much to um 
you know, to really sink our teeth into the season. All right, let's come back NFL talk. Uh, a lot to dive into. Steve Wilkes gets fired with the 49ers. We'll update you on a couple other things. Uh, there might be a little hint as to what the Bears are going to do uh, with Justin Fields. And then we will also do our power rankings, top 10 in the NFC. We'll do AFC tomorrow. Uh, we'll do all that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Tone and Rob, sports take on this Thursday. I'm going to tell you right now about Flynn Tree Services. They are an experienced licensed and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They're experts at trimming all types of trees and they serve Southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and Northern Delaware. Uh, go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call right now. 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848. Twenty-eight forty-eight, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
Hey, welcome back, friends. Uh, we are Sports Take, Jiggy Sports YouTube Network. That's Tone. I am Rob. All right, let's let our sights tone on the NFL here. Um, so uh, a couple things. I Just to follow up on the uh, just, just awful situation in Kansas City yesterday um, at their parade. So the mass shooting appears to have stemmed from a dispute between several people. Three were detained, two of which are juveniles. Um, they're working to determine the invo- I know the, the involvement of others. Uh, it should be noted that we've recovered several firearms. Uh, it's still a very active investigation, according to the Kansas City Police. Uh, more than 800 police officers were present for the parade and the rally, uh, but it's still impossible to prevent all incidents in a crowd this this size in this scope of how. The problem is it's not where the guys are speaking. Yes, that area is contained, but there's, you know, the parade route. It's a long, long, we saw it here in Philadelphia. So you can't have a a security or police at every single stop. So it's an imperfect, it's an imperfect science. It's, it's not, it's not something that you can just look, you expect people to conduct themselves like an adult. So that's the expectation, right? You know, you expect people to be civilized and you know, you have that many police there, obviously, because you want to account for you want to account for as much and many as many different circumstances as you can, but look, man, I'm just I'm just thinking about I'm thinking about how long that how long those charges list is going to be. Oh boy, for whoever for whoever you know gets gets nailed for this. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking about how reckless endangerment, reckless use of a firearm, um, murder, attempted murder, um, yeah. attempted murder. murder um, yeah. reckless endangerment. Um, um uh assault uh resisting arrests um how many and then i haven't even gotten into the, the counts though right those are just the individual charges how many counts of each charge this this is they're they going they throwing them mother efforts under the jail i'm telling you this is insane this yep. is insane unbelievable unbelievable um all right so uh a couple things and you know I, look wh- whenever there's you know, tragedy of these kind of situations. There's always people who step up, right? Um, so uh, apparently, uh, they're, they're all a lot of the Chiefs players are trying to reach out to some of the the, the folk, the, the 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 kids in particular who got shot, etc. But Trey Smith, who's one of the offensive linemen for the Kansas City Chiefs, shared a WWE type uh, title belt uh, to help calm a young boy in the aftermath of the shooting at the team's parade celebration. Smith sported the belt during the celebration, but noticed how frightened the boy was with his father and, and thought, what can I do to help this guy? He was on good morning America today. And he said, I just handed him the belt. Hey buddy, you're the champ. No, you know, no one's going to hurt you, man. We got your back. Apparently this kid was, was obviously very upset. Uh, but eight children were among the 22 people wounded. And, and the, the mother of, of two that we mentioned earlier, you know, passed away. So, uh, good on Trey Smith, just trying to help this kid, uh, you know, in the heat of all, all the craziness. And there were also others who tackled the shooter. Did you saw, see those saw, guys? Yeah. I, I mean, saw, that is, that. that's just hero stuff, man. That's, ins- that's insane. Yeah. They got that, but that's, that's insane. That's, that's just, that's just a, listen, kudos to them, man. You know, that, that, that that's the quintessential citizens arrest. Yep. Uh, yep. Man, the, the fall off from this, the fall off from this is going to be tremendous. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about this for the next couple months. I don't know that we're going to have parades anymore. I don't mean per, I don't know like Fourth of July I whatever I'm talking about like mass millions of people whatever it is 
Sporting you know, parades. you know, you know what they're probably going to do. It's probably they're probably not going to be parades. They're probably going to have to find a way to regulate um, how many people um, can attend, right? So you, it may oh, not be a parade. State. Yeah, it may not be a parade, but it may be some sort of event. You know, uh, they may, they may, you know what? Because you know, it always the parade always ends at ends um, somewhere, and they do like a ceremony, or you know, they, they talk. They may eliminate the whole parade route together and just say, "Hey, look, we're 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 doing this. It's a ticket system." You know what I mean? And you know that way we can regulate how many people we can we can we can freaking we can have angles and exits kind of you know laid out and taken care of. I don't know, but um, this is definitely going to harm the future of um, sports parades going forward. Yeah, I, I would. They may just turn it into we're going to have something at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, we'll we'll speak, but. You got to buy a ticket, and it's going to be the usual security checks to get in there, and yep. and that's it. Bye. It may yeah. it may be something last a half hour or whatever, you know, as opposed yeah. to an entire day. Yeah, yeah, some kind of pep rally. <laughs> it, right, a glorified pep rally. Uh, unfortunately, because you know people are just whacked out of their minds. All right, uh, I, I I want to revisit the Steve Wilkes thing because I think it's a joke. You know, you your team gets to a Super Bowl, goes to overtime. You, you know, in a game against a, a goat. You know, quarterback and coach, you end up giving up twenty five points, which three, I, I three three points in the first half, by the way. True, and think about it: seven seven are on a a a muff punt, a messed up punt. Okay, so let you subtract that. You're at eighteen. If I said to Kyle Shanahan before the game, "Hey, your your defense gives up eighteen, you you're rolling with that? You feeling good?" He'd sign up in in two seconds. Of course he would. But now it, it's he's out. It's like it, it's such an obvious deflection mechanism. And you could you could say the same thing about the Eagles. I, I'm not you know. Oh, no, no, of course, of course, yeah, definitely. But we're not talking about them right now. We kill them right. all day. Let's 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 uh, this the 49ers pen. It, it's overreaction in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Complete overreaction. That defense played well enough to win that game. The offense didn't play well enough. Where was Debo Samuel? Where was George Kittle? Um, where was Brandon Ayuk? Um, um, uh, Brock Purdy didn't hurt them, but he also didn't play as well as he played all year. Right. Um, only person that showed up was uh, Christian McCaffrey. Your offensive line um, was like Lester down the stretch with penalties and so on and so forth. I mean, really? Yeah. He looks at the reason you lost that game. Mm-hmm. Who underachieved, the defense or the offense? Yeah. I see. I see the offense. I, I would agree. I would agree. This, uh, look, they gave up. I know some of the metrics that people use, that they, they they certainly stepped down, and they had their moments where they struggled against the run and, and all those kind of things. I get it. And I don't think that they felt like there was as much cohesion between their D-line and, and some of the you know, guys on the back end, what, whatever. But you so you – know, hold, hold on, time's out, Rob. Time's out. I'm sorry. Yeah. They were cohesive enough to hold the Chiefs to three points in the first half. <laughs> and cohesive all- to really give up 18 on, on their right. own merit. Where was the cohesion in the blocking schemes when Brock Purdy was getting lit up in those blitzes? Where was the cohesion there? Where was the cohesion yeah. between Brock Purdy and Debo Samuel? 11 yeah. targets, three catches? Maybe the Chiefs just dominated you in the second half. Maybe it's just that simple. Well, and Maybe. that's the other part, right? You're playing the Chiefs. You, you're, you, ain't playing no, you ain't playing against a slouch. You are going to shut them down for two halves. Eventually. Right. That's and, my point. Right. You weren't going to something down for two halves. The fact that you didn't take advantage of your opportunities to lay it on them in the first half, that's why you lost. There's no denying it. There's no denying it. It's just, it's, he's had, I don't know Steve Wilkes personally. I've never met the guy, never been around the guy. 
I would just tell you, he's gotten the short end of the stick three different times. I think he got a year in Arizona. He he took over the interim, right, for uh, who for uh, Matt Rule when he got bounced a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. In, in and Carolina, did a pretty yeah. solid job. Didn't get the op- – Wright got the opportunity last year. And then this year he gets a uh, – it's – And they ended up firing Frank Reich midseason. Come on, man. Right. It's right. a mess. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so th- there's that. And that's, again, you know, you just wonder wh- what do we, what do we not say? I, I would also think too, if you're, if you're making this move, you must have somebody in mind. Now I'm not going to go as far. I, I thought Lombo threw an interesting, just a mind thought that, you know, with, with Belichick, I just tone, I don't, I don't think see Bel- Belichick's ego would not allow him Never. to be a defensive coordinator. I just, I do not see that. Yeah, I don't see that coming. Yeah, I, I don't really see it either. It, it, it's a it's a fun think piece for sure, but I don't see that coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, 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 the smartest thing, honestly, Belichick could do is go be a human being on TV for a year. Be funny. Right, and then, right, and right, and then come back and be a head coach. He can yeah. listen. He's gonna listen. He's gonna have an opportunity next year, and I think he, I think he'll be back in the league next year. Next meaning not. Not this, not twenty four, but twenty five. Not not this upcoming season, but the following twenty twenty five. I agree. With you. I think I think he'll be coaching an NFL football team in twenty twenty five. Okay, as the as as the head coach. Hot seats. I'm gonna go. Robert Sella. New York Jets, hundred percent. I'm gonna go. I can never say the Steelers are a hot seat. I'm not saying that because he's gonna get no. an extension, so I'm not going there. Um, right. Is if they don't make the playoffs, is Doug on a hot seat in Jacksonville? That's a good question. After the I don't think so. Went? Okay, I don't think so because they had so many injuries in the, in the back end of the season. Trevor Lawrence was a shell of himself, neck, back, all right, hip, fair knee. Enough. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't, I, I don't think Doug's in a hot seat at all. Besides, it's Jacksonville. He's the best coach they've had in the past twenty five years. Okay, <laughs> I mean, so let's go, let's go, Jets. Let's go um, Giants, and Belichick has ties there. He coached there as an assistant for a very long time. Eagles. Ooh, could, could... Who, who are you thinking? Yeah. Oh, Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas. There's four. Chicago, Eberflus is on a hot seat, five. Um, Dennis Allen is six. Mm. I'm, sur- <clears throat> I'm surprised he's still there, honestly. I am too. Uh, it's probably it. I mean, but the thing is, we're not taking into account some team that just collapses that had high expectation too. Those are some pretty good jobs, we, though. Yeah, that we think are playoff ready, that don't make the playoffs, who could be out too. But there are six that are obvious, you know, and glaring. Yeah. Those are some pretty Eagle, high I, I still don't believe the Eagles would, would do it. I don't think the Eagles would do it. I don't think they would do it either. It's not in their DNA. They would yeah. never do that. I told you what the game um, plan is. I'm, t- I'm telling you, just, just keep an eye on it. If it's not Kellen Moore, it's going to be, it's going to be Vic Fangio. Just keep your eye on it. It's going to be one of those. If Nick Sirianni wets the bed, they're going to hit the eject button before that season ends, and it's either going to be Kellen Moore or Vic Fangio stepping up as the interim, and then, and then they're going to get the full time head coaching job. Just watch. That's interesting. It is. It is. It, I like what you laid out, man. It's, it, it is definitely another food for thought. You got. You got. You, got you guys heard it from me first. So if it happens. You, That's right. Trademark that like everybody's now stealing my Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid comp. Please lock it in, Tone. I, I'll, I'll defend you to the hilt with that one. For sure. I appreciate you, brother. All right. So um, the, the Bears have a new CEO 
who who came from the Big Ten, but he's he's kind of running things. Tone, he went on to praise Justin Fields up and down. I don't know that that's happening. Mm. If he isn't being kept, man, if they're not, they're not going to roll with him. Or, or they're trying to get his trade value up. Oh uh, yeah, okay. All right, listen, maybe. Man, these listen, these teams can say whatever they want. I pay attention to what they do. Yeah. I pay attention to the stroke of the pen, not the stroke of the mouth. Yeah. Okay. The, I got you. That's that. That's where I'm at with that. All right. Not well, saying well, we'll he see. should. I'm not saying he should be moved. I think he deserves another shot. But also, I, I would. If, if I'm thinking about it from the player perspective, I want him to be in a more stable situation. I will. I would love to see Justin Fields in Pittsburgh. Yes. That's 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 my first my first choice for him. My second is Atlanta. I think Pittsburgh's swinging for the fence. I think Pittsburgh is going to go out of what they usually do. I think it's going to be Fields, maybe Russell Wilson. Uh, maybe Kirk Cousins, if they feel like they can get like three years out of him. You think Sierra will want to move to Pittsburgh? Hmm. <laughs> well, maybe that's a deal where Russell's on his own during the week and she pops in for games and stuff with the kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. Hey, man. Hey, listen. You never know, man. Yeah, it's yeah, possible. yeah. Um, possible. But, but you bring up a good point, Russell Wilson. Um, could he handle a guy like Mike Tomlin? Um, I think, I think he could, I, you know, I think he could because he's at a point in, in his career where you can't be the prima donna guy. Is, know, Russell paid, Wilson, is Russell Wilson still a hall of famer? I think so. I thought, okay. Cause you know, I feel like he's, he's been harmed the last couple of years. It, he's been harmed for sure. He's been harmed, but statistically he didn't have a bad year last year. He, he, he really did. That's he the really, crazy thing. He, he did. really didn't. Yeah. Um, but I, but I do think it's been harmed, just the optics of it. Uh, but I think. Super I mean, he's Bowl, got one chance. He's got one, one and been to one, right? He's won right. one, been he, to one. He brought the first Super Bowl to Seattle, right? Yeah, and he's going to have really mm. monster numbers when it's all said and done. Like he's going to have really good rushing and passing. I, maybe, I think he is. It's not a slam dunk. I maybe think not first ballot. Yeah. He need he needs to sort of have a a, a renaissance the last couple of years where the rep isn't damaged and that kind of stuff. I think he needs. I think he needs at least a conference championship berth again. Yeah, at least. We'll see though. Yeah, but he I I think another team to keep your eye on. For him, maybe. I have to look at their cap. I have no idea about Vegas. Hmm. Let me see here. Cap tracker. Vegas. They might be they might be strapped. I don't know. Let's find out. Hmm. Actually, they have $43.3 million in cap space. For, oh, may, over 43? Okay. Yeah, they may be able to swing it. Okay. They may be okay. able to swing it. All right. So what I would say watch there, watch Pittsburgh. I don't know what Minnesota's gonna do. Mm, Pittsburgh's you know, in the hole. I don't cousins. know. Cousins. Yeah. From from a financial standpoint, Pittsburgh is in a hole. They're four million. They're four point three million over the cap. They may they may they may not be in in the business for Russell Wilson financially. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um. But there. Yeah. I mean, I don't. There's a. He's going to end up somewhere. It's not going to be Denver. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh. I Kirk Cousins. I don't know. I I don't know what the feeling is there in Minnesota. Could I was, I was just going to ask you, could Russell end up in Minnesota with, with Justin Fields? Yes. 
Oh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean just, Justin Jefferson. Excuse me. Yeah, Justin no, Jefferson. he could. He could though. He, why? Why wouldn't he? First of all, Kevin O'Connell is a really good offensive mind. Mm-hmm. That guy doesn't get talked about much, but he is a really good offensive mind. I think. So he goes there. He's got some talent there. They added the Addison was very good for them last year. Mm-hmm. The rookie. They did a nice job, you know, plugging in for Thielen. Uh, they, do you they, see? Yeah. Do you see Russell being? Now, hear me out on this one. Do you think Washington makes a play Washington. for Russell Wilson? He's he spent a lot of time in his youth uh, in Virginia. He was a I think he was an army brat. His dad was in the military. I think they got but a he, lot of money. He they grew up in, in in Virginia. There might be an appeal there to him. They do have a lot. They have tons of money. We don't yeah. talk about that enough. Washington is set up pretty nicely with picks and money. Mm-hmm. Eighty-three point five million. They yeah. can spend it. Okay. All right. Um, Zach. Speaking of this discussion. Zach Robinson, who's the new offensive coordinator with the Falcons, said that all options are on the table. Um, they would be best suited probably cutting Heineke. Uh, I think he's going to be one of those June 1st uh, cuts, and he would only cost like $2 million, uh dead cap money for you if you make a move on him. So I would think he's out of there. I think you they probably keep Ritter. If you draft somebody, Ritter maybe starts, and then whoever it is takes over. Eventually. Eventually. Or if you go out and make a trade for Justin Fields or Russell, well, whatever, somebody, Ritter's the backup. But they have Bijan. They have Kyle Pitts, who I don't think has been tapped nearly the, the way that he should have been. Right. They got Drake London, who has battled Drake a couple of injuries, but still a guy who hasn't really been tapped into his real, his real talent. Um. They get, their all line is improving. They have a defense relatively, and a defensive guy in charge too. That may be Green Mars. Yeah, a situ- a team like them, they may be thinking that they're a quarterback away from at least being a wild card or divisional team. Yeah, I, they I may, think they, they may swing for defenses. Yeah, they may swing for defenses. Yep, new yep. coach. They don't have a top tier draft pick because they, I think, what has seven wins, eight wins. So they they don't have a top ten draft pick. Yeah, hmm. they're 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 just out of that. You're right. Yep. Yeah. So they may make a play for a Russell Wilson or a Justin Fields or somebody that they believe can make their offense um, more dynamic. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, how much will you watch? General question: How much will you watch this weekend NBA All Star festivities game? <laughs> Skills competitions. I'll tell you what I'll watch, what I'm interested in watching. I want to watch Steph and Sabrina. I know Wasco. I, I always I, mess I, up her name. I, yeah. Why? I, 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 I always, you guys know who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I always mess it up. Sabrina. Let's just go there. Uh, right. I, I, I want to see how, how, how she does. I do. I mean, she's going against a monster with, with, with Steph, but I, mm. I, I'll be, I'll be interested in that. And I'm curious to know what's going to be the rules, like the distance, because you know the WNBA distance I think is a little shorter, right? Than the uh, and they, NBA, yeah, right? and they use different basketballs as well. But. Right, right, right. The weighted, but I'm pretty sure they're going to give her her own, the weighted ball for her. I'm not going to, they're not going to give her the same ball. Yeah. Um, that's something to think about. That's something to think about. I think I will. I think I'll watch that too if I get the opportunity. Um, uh, you know what? I'll I'll I'll, I'll watch the All Star game a little bit. That's what I'll do. I'll look in on the game Sunday night. I'll probably dial in a strong term. I'll I'll probably watch it a little more closely in like the fourth quarter 
Right, right. The second um, half, yeah. I wish I was, in, you know, interested in the dunk contest. It's just there's. It's not. It's not where it used to be anymore. No. It's, it's crazy where NBA All Star Weekend has fallen to. It used yeah. to be a legitimate event. It used to be like everybody used to go. Everybody used to be there. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if it's this. It has the same pool as it used to. I don't think it does. Sadly, I don't. I don't think it yeah. does. I, I I think it's it's part of it. Part of me doesn't blame. Like these guys are tired. I'm talking about the ones who don't, you know, take a hundred maintenance days off. You know, you are beat up. It is. It you know, you're, you're dunking takes a lot in terms of like creativity and potentially you know messing your legs up. I I don't I don't necessarily kill the guys, but I just I just wish it was more interesting names in it. That's all. Yeah, the three point contest has better names. It's hard because everything's been done to to death. Yeah. All right, let's do our uh, our NFC power rankings. Tone. Uh, you want first crack? You want me to go? I'll, I'm I'm good. Uh, I'll I'll take first crack. Um, all right. I'll let's start at ten. Yeah, yeah, I'll start at ten. Um, so at number ten, I have the Falcons. Uh, at nine, I have the Saints. Eight, I have the Seahawks. Seven, I have the Bucks. Six, I have the Eagles. Five, I have the Rams. Four, I have the Cowboys. Three, Packers. Two, Lions. And number one, the 49ers. All right. This is unbelievable. I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. I'm not kidding you, man. I wasn't writing while you were saying that either. I want to hold this up, and I want to make sure that you guys can see. All right. Your handwriting is so fancy. Not really, man. It used to be better. All right. (laughs) So, all right, my number 10, you see it's Falcons. Can you see that? All right, right there. Number 10 is Falcons. Okay, yeah. Nine is Saints. Right. Eight is Seahawks. Right, I see that. Seven, Seven is Bucks. Bucks. Right. Six is Eagles. I see that. Five is Rams. Can you still see it? Sorry. Yep, I see that. Okay, yeah, five Rams. Okay. Four is Cowboys. Three is Packers. Two is Lions. One is 49ers. Is that the same same exact list? It's the exact same list. That's crazy, man. I, I did this before the show. You did same yours here. before the same show. Same here. I did That's it right bizarre. after we. I, I did it right after we had our meeting. Yeah, we meet. We generally meet an hour before the program, so mm. whatever that's worth, ten o'clock. That is crazy, man. That's crazy. But I'm in the same place. Here, here's why. I think the Rams surpassed the Eagles last year. I think they got their their offensive mojo back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- and I think that and I think their, their 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 head coach is just head and shoulders above what the Eagles have. Totally. He will get more out of less than almost any offensive mind. And right. he can turn guys into like, like Puka Nakua and those kind of, he'll, he'll turn them into monsters, Cooper Cup, et cetera. Um, you know, and I, and, and if you, you, I think if you could make a, a case for both of us, like a, if you had a beef with either one of us having the, the Cowboys for, I get where people will say like, come on, man, like another playoff failure and you're still putting them at four. That's fair. You know that's fair. I, I I get it, but I think the Cowboys have more talent. That's always sort of been the case, but I do think they have more talent. You want to hear something interesting? Yeah. Listen to this. So, in when the Eagles were ten and one, right? Yes. That was entering Week thirteen, right? So entering Week thirteen, the Eagles were ten and one. Entering Week thirteen, the the Rams were five and six. Yep. And 
at by the end of the season, the Rams had uh, the Rams were ten and seven, and the Eagles went eleven and six. Just think about how how far ahead they were of them, and then the Rams closed the distance, or more so, the Eagles collapsed. However, you want to describe it. Yeah, the way the fortunes changed. Yeah. See how see that swing. So yeah. again, um, I look at the Rams as a team that they figured it out with their young talent. Sean McVay stayed the course, continued to trust, um, continue to trust his guys. Remind you, he was missing Matthew Stafford, I think, for a couple of games because of injury. Mm-hmm. Still figured it out, man. Cooper Cup missed missed time again. Exactly. Nick Sirianni isn't even in the same room as Sean McVay. Yeah, they're not breathing the same air. Yeah, and I just <clears throat> I think Green Bay, considering how young they are. Mm-hmm. And they got a taste last year. They beat Dallas. They probably should have won the San Francisco game. Like th- that one, I think is going to go a long way for them. And the Lions, the Lions the, you know, the Lions have a terrible taste in their mouth after the NFC Championship game. Yeah, they should have won that game. They should win that game, man. Um, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, Matt Lafleur. People have so many people have so many questions about him during that Aaron Rodgers time, and people questioned: Is it him? Is it Aaron Rodgers? Who like is is, is Matt Lafleur riding the coattails? All that kind of stuff. And you really got to see Matt LaFleur, you know, with the young roster, with the young quarterback. And Matt LaFleur, I believe, has restaked his claim as one of the better coaches in the NFC, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. One, of, one of the better offensive minds in the in the, in the NFL. The right. way they dismantled that Cowboys defense was something no one, no better anticipated. They just came out swinging, man, and firing. And, and on both sides of the ball, their defense was spectacular. I mean, mm-hmm. they were just – they were ready. There wasn't a think about how Dallas had dominated at home all year. They were killing teams. They were averaging mm-hmm. 10 more points per game at home than they were uh, on the road, Dallas. And a young Green Bay team stepped in there with no fear and smacked them around and put yeah, it on. Green, Green Bay, I think they're the youngest team in the NFL with an average team age of 25. So, yeah, it's now, now, now they don't have that much cap space entering this. Uh, this off season, but but because they kind of so, did all their their big stuff. Yeah, you know? they they kind of they kind of took care of everything they needed to take care of. I don't think they have any real major holes. Um, and then as far as free agents go, um, I mean, it's, it's it's nobody that I see on their free agent list that they're completely hell bent on keeping. I think they're really confident in their process right now. I think I, I think they're in love with Jordan Love. No pun intended. Um. You know, they're 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 literally the the way they figure this thing out on the fly has has been tremendous. Yeah. You know, coaching up those young guys, Romeo Dobbs has turned into a turned into a player. It's, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, I mean, more than anything else, the big question going in was, okay, you traded Rodgers away, and it was probably time, but you traded Rodgers away. Can Jordan Love play? We don't know. He'd been on ice for the last what three years. Yeah. And, and 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 you know it, he had his growing pain throughout the season, mm-hmm. but then, early, yeah, sure. But then you know after I want to say after that loss to Pittsburgh, they came on. They beat the Chargers. Then they beat the then they beat Detroit on the road. Then they beat the Chiefs. And then they had then they had a two week skid against the Giants and the Buccaneers, and people started to question them again. But then they finished the season strong, beating Carolina, Minnesota, Chicago, getting in, and then they made some real noise in the playoffs. And I think they told. I think they. Uh, they were they let the league know that um, we're coming, and um, now they're confident. That's that's a big thing too. They're they're confident, and uh, you know confidence is a, is a hard thing to stifle. 
Yeah, it's, it's a good point. And the other thing with just the, one of the other teams that we, we just talked about, Detroit didn't lose either coordinator. It looked like Ben Johnson was a slam dunk to go to Washington. Look at Aaron Glenn could leave. To keep both of those guys and go through that process, like they're ahead of the game. They, I think the, they would. They thought they were going to have to be replacing either one or two of them to have right. them both back is so massive. Um, it's a big that. deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah. And then I'll tell you, the, there are teams that I have right sort of behind the Eagles that could fall into the abyss. Like mm-hmm. Seattle, Tampa, New Orleans could all just – they could go bye-bye. The problem isn't mm-hmm. those teams necessarily. It's the teams in front of the Eagles. I don't see any of those. The Niners might have the hangover effect thing, maybe. I don't know, but they're still incredibly talented. Like, yeah, they don't have too good. many holes. I no. definitely think the Niners are going to be there in the end. Um, um, but the super super hangover is a real thing. Yeah, but um, I they're so talented. They have no holes. They're well coached. Ultimately, I think that at at worst, at worst, the 49ers are a division around exit. At worst, yeah. At best, they're back in the Super Bowl, and I think that's not bad. Yeah, no, uh, no, that's for sure. All right, we will step aside for our final timeout. When we come back, we're going to dig into who are the must-watch players for you, non-Philadelphia athletes, mm-hmm. in the NFL, in the NBA, in Major League Baseball. Also, a bizarre story from the NBA, which we'll pass along as well. Don't go anywhere. Tone, Rob. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that You'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving up a, a good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hi, what's up, friends? Rob Ellis, Bone to Shield Sports Day, hanging out with you on this Thursday. Tony, did you see this bizarre story out of the NBA? Before the game even started last night, you had Detroit playing Phoenix in Phoenix. This is literally like in the loading dock, the tunnel, um, hours before the game. Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks got into it. Allegedly, there was a punch thrown by Stewart at Eubanks, and he got arrested. He got charged. Yeah, wow. a charge for assault. Yeah, it's going to go away though. Um, but man, that 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 dude, <laughs> he has he's to get a, a grip. He's a little out there. He's not a guy I'd be messing with. I'll put it that way. Yeah, he has to get a grip. I'll I'll tell you that much. He has yeah. to get a grip. Um, yeah. So the police said that Stewart was issued a citation and released. He already wasn't right. playing in the game. He's got a sprained ankle. But right. Eubanks he punched, played. You punching guys with a sprained ankle. <laughs> I guess the ankle was all right enough to throw down. I guess right, right, right. That 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 pivot foot was still <laughs> was still in full effect. Yeah. So I don't know. He got you. Remember he got into it a couple of years ago with LeBron. I think. Right, right, right. He got two that. games. LeBron got one or whatever, and he's my had a few dust like ups. A, this guy. My, yeah. my man was like a bull in the china shop. They couldn't stop him. Remember when he was running? He had like like assistant coaches. Like, uh, I guess I'll try and grab him. Uh, maybe not. Right. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Like, remember, man, you play in Detroit. Uh, the Malice of the Palace, they still remember that. They don't need yeah. that. They don't need that energy. Unbelievable. All right. Um, all right. So you you brought up or we, we were talking about uh Victor Wembanyama yesterday, mm-hmm. and he had a very unique triple double in which he had 10 blocks in the game, which is crazy. He leads the NBA in blocks. Um, both of the young guys, Wembanyama and and Chet Holmgren, and I guess it's only natural, they're both like seven foot a thousand. But mm-hmm. they have, they both have very good, you know, blocking stats this year, and they both weigh like thirty eight pounds combined. But anyway, um, both guys are are interesting to watch. So it got me thinking. All right, in each of the sports, like it's pretty obvious if we included Philadelphia, we'd have Bryce Harper in there. We'd have Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey in there. You know, uh, uh, AJ Brown, whatever. This is non Philadelphia. Okay, this is outside of the of the realm of, of Philadelphia athletes. Must watch individuals in each sport. Mm. Which one? You, we're going to do just NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball. Where do you want to start? Which sport? Your call. NHL might be tough for me. 
No, um, no, we're not doing the NHL. We're not. Even oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. So we're um, just doing the yeah. other three. Yeah. All right. So uh, NBA for me, yes. the first person that came to mind was Jalen Brunson. Oh, um, yes. I love. I love. Good Jaylen, answer. I love Jalen Brunson's game. I mean, you know, seeing him develop, you know, from being a kind of a role player in uh in Dallas and then becoming the guy in uh you know in New York, he single handedly revitalized, in my opinion, New York basketball. Um, back to back seasons of averaging twenty points or more. This season, he's averaging career high twenty seven point six points per game. Um, I just love his style. I love, I love his, I love his ability to get to the rim. At the same time, I love his ability to, to stop on a dime. Um. Uh, to shoot in the mid range. I'm um, not, you know, one of the one of the few point guards in the league that has a post game. Um, I, I think Jalen Brunson is one of the most exciting guards, um, you know, that we have in the league right now. Um, my honorable mention, um, for for you know, for, for basketball is Kyrie Irving. I don't care what anyone says about him. Kyrie Irving for me is always box office. I love watching that man ball. I love I, I, I love everything about I love everything about Kyrie Irving. The, the the finesse, the skill, the technique, the fundamentals, the, the it's 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 poetry in motion watching Jalen Brunson and Kyrie Kyrie Irving go to work. All right, l- let me go back and pick up on your Brunson because I love the answer. I love that he was doubted, that he didn't go to the second round, even though he did everything at Villanova. All the dude did was win two national titles. The guy was just ridiculously good there. Everybody doubts him. You see right away he can play with the Mavericks. The Mavericks mess around with them with contract talks. And, you know, you know the old saying, bleep around and find out. Well, mm-hmm. they bleeped around and they found out, and he rolled to New York. I also – so uh, there, there's a couple things I appreciate about him. Maybe this is as a, a, a smaller dude who played hoops. He is in there with trees, and his footwork is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's uh, he, he plays like the old school guy at the Y. He's strong, too. He's, yeah. he's a stout dude. Right. You know, those guys, those older guys that you played with when you were a kid, you're like, look at this guy. And dude, he'd pump fake you. He'd pivot you. He, he was, he was broad. He'd do enough to get, make enough room so he could score. That's Jalen Brunson in a nutshell. He is. You, you ever, you ever heard him talk? He sounds like an go. He sounds like an old guy from the wild. <laughs> he does. He does. He sounds like he, an old man. <laughs> Jalen hurts of basketball, the way he talks. You know what yeah. I mean? I can see very that. business. He's a business, very business like you know. And his yeah. dad, his dad, um, I think is is on the staff for the um, for the Knicks. So I kind, I kind, I kind of feel like him going to the Knicks was a foregone conclusion. Even, yeah. even, even if, even if Dallas stopped playing in contract talks, I feel like the Knicks was a foregone conclusion. But yeah, Jalen Brunson, man, he's one of my favorite players to watch right now. You know, I went to Temple. I'm gonna date age myself here, but I went to Temple with Eddie Jones, Aaron McKee, and Rick Brunson. We were with we, yeah. I was in I was in classes with Eddie Jones. What year? What year was that, Rob? Uh, <clears throat> uh, 19 <clears throat> something. Anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, we all went we went to school together. I'm not saying we were like all best buds and you know hanging out. No, I, I got you. I got you. I, I saw them all the time. Um, and his dad was like, his dad was one of those guys who played a decent amount in the NBA, but played for a million teams and was like the you know, third or fourth guy off the bench, solid, never going to hurt mm-hmm. you, whatever. Make good money, though. Make good oh, money in the league. For sure. But Jalen is, you know, has, has – He's the real deal. He's the real deal. Yeah, incredible. Uh, all right, so there's there's that. All right, that's the good NBA choices. I'm going to go oldie but goodie, man, and I'm going to lean right into it. Did you – Steph Curry. Uh, 
Man, like, was it was it back to back game? Was it four games straight where seven plus three or something like that over well, the past? Did, four, did five you games? see what he did uh, last night in the top? He's in the far tunnel. I missed that. I I, I got the notification. I always get notifications. Got to look this. at it. All right, I so he's it. he's. Well, I think it was before the game. It was they did their warm ups and he was going back to the tunnel. I think before the game started, he turns around. He's got a ball in his hand. So there's like it's like him going up the tunnel and the fans are right here. He turns around and I'm to the opposite basket. First of all, do you know how strong you have to be to chuck a basketball to get it to the other basket? That's the biggest thing about him, too. He doesn't look it, but that dude is strong as hell. That's the, that's the babyface assassin. So he turns around, Tone, and chucks it more than the length of the court, and it goes in. And then he just walks off. It's sick. It's really awesome. That um, dude is um he he's he he he's something else, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, these guys now everybody's making fun of me now. Were you there for Cheney's press conference? No. Oh that my was, God, they're I wrong. I was not. That was in uh, UMass. I was not. Uh, I did not travel with the team. Kevin, yeah, I feel for you, man. I know. I know. I were. we're Whoa! We're I just uh, saw this. I just isn't saw this. it amazing? That was insane. It was insane. All right. So, he, but he, he just winged it. <laughs> uh, he's the guy's ridiculous. So I'll tell you, I'll give you the other one. I gave you the old school, but I'll give you the, uh, what'd you say, write-in vote or honorable mention or whatever? Yeah, honorable mention, yeah. I love watching Shea Gilgis Alexander play. That was my, that was somebody I thought about um, putting on my list. He's, he's, his growth has been tremendous. The Clippers, I don't know how they let the man walk out the building, but they did. And he's yeah. blossomed in Oklahoma. I love, I love, o yo, Oklahoma has done an amazing job. Cultivating I like this, that team. This young ecosystem. Jalen really Williams, good. man, that dude can play. Nobody knows about him. Mm -hmm. He's phenomenal. He's averaging mm -hmm. 19 a game for them. Definitely. They're going to be trouble in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if they made the conference finals. But Shea Gilgis Alexander, there isn't any weakness to his game. He can shoot from three. He's got a mid range. He can go to the rack. Like he he does a lot of different things for you, man. Um, he, can, so he, can, he can facilitate. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a closer. Yeah. Um, has a beautiful turnaround jump shot. Yep. I'm he's a huge fan. he 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 he's a in my, in my opinion he's a top five guard in the league right now. Might be yep. top three right now. He's got he's definitely elevated to that point. All right, well, you want to go uh, go NFL next with your first choice? Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, we can do that. Right. Um, I really enjoyed watching CJ Stroud this year. Mm. Um, I really okay. enjoyed watching him this year. Um, watching watching the growth, which is watching the clutch moments at the clutch moment. Um, re revitalizing the Houston Texas organization, getting them back to the playoffs, winning a winning a playoff game in the fashion they did, smoking the Browns, dropping forty points on them. That was insane. Um, I just really enjoy watching that guy. And um, I think he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks, um, you know, that, you know, that we're going to see, um, probably over the past 25 years, like his talent, like his ability to just be so poised in the pocket. Um, I love, I, I, I love everything about his game, man. Love everything about him, man. And also, I, also, I love his story. You know, his father's currently incarcerated and he always, you know, speaks very highly of his father, regardless of the circumstances. Um, he just seems like a good dude. Well, but again, I just love watching him play. Good choice, man. Good choice. Yeah, um, yeah, my, look, yeah, I'll go. I'm sorry. Oh, you got a write-in? Um, you want to go your write-in? Yeah, yeah, yeah my, go ahead. My, my honorable mention is Mike Evans, the OG. I love oh. watching Mike Evans play, man. Just a just a man out there. Um, always going to get you ten touchdowns a season. Always going to get you a thousand yards. And all clutch reliable catches. clutch Big catches. catches. A, tech, yeah. a true technician. 
Um, take care, takes care of his body. Um, one of the best receivers yeah. we've ever seen. I wonder where he ends up if he gets out of Tampa. They're nuts if they let him go, but I wonder where he ends up. He he's going to be on a mission too if he goes somewhere else. Kansas City. Oh my God! Wow, you're right. Kansas City. That could happen. He might be in. Hey, I want to get another ring mode too. Mm-hmm. Wow, Kansas man. City. And, he, and, he, and I mean, he's he's not going to be as expensive as those other guys, but I think Oof. I think if you I think I think if you throw. 20 million at Mike Evans, he'll bite. 23 million, he'll bite. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. You get two years, something like that, and figure it out, get creative with your accounting. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going Justin Jefferson. I know he got hurt last year, and we we sort of – he went on the back burner for a lot of us. because He, he still had, had 1,000 yards, I think. In like how many games? Like, eight like 12 games. games. <laughs> this guy's sick. So I, I just think about what this guy is, man. And you talk about – Again, I, I mentioned it with Shea Gilgis Alexander from a basketball standpoint. Justin Jefferson can line up in the slot and kill you. He can line up outside and kill you. I'm sorry. He had a thousand yards in ten games. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, there's nothing the dude can't do. And I think he's he's a tough guy. I I think he will um whoever ends up in Minnesota, if it's not Kirk Cousins. Man, you are one lucky cat because you have that dude. And he is going to come back next year in a real strong way off of the injury. Mark my words. Uh, I'll, I'll To me, Justin Jefferson, you never sleep on that guy. I'm going to stay with the receiver realm. Uh, you know, I, there's something about watching a guy in a league where everybody can fly, but you can fly even more. Tyreek Hill watching the guy run. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, when sure. you have defensive backs who are like four, three, forty guys who can't even get close to you in in the open field, it, it's just different looking. Definitely, yeah. He's a like he like he's a, he's a cheater out there, man. He's yeah. a cheater in cleats. He is. He's he's, he is. he's a spectacular guy to watch play, man. True. Yeah. And if he, you know, if he stays healthy, he was dealing with that that ankle uh, towards the end. I do think he gets over two thousand. I do. Um, good one by Sills. I like this one. Puka Nakua. Oh yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty cool too. I appreciate guys like that, like who are sort of like you know self-made, you know, just kind of doing the thing. Now he's a bigger guy. He doesn't have the, the Cooper Cup smaller, but Puka Nakua, man. I, I, yeah, I did. I wasn't familiar with him coming out of BYU, and he was spectacular last year. So that's a that's a good one. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go. Let's go baseball, Tom. Go baseball. Okay. MLB. The first person I thought about was Mookie Betts. Um, he's he has more power than what you think, mm-hmm. and the ability to steal bases, the athleticism, uh, the fielding prowess, um, the personality, the swagger. Like yeah, I love everything about him, man. He's a he's he's a truly fun player to watch. He's in L.A. You know what I mean? He's already a champion, um, two times over. I think I think he won in Boston and in L.A. Right? Yep. So he's a champion. He's well decorated. He's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. Um, my honorable mention was Mike Trout, the OG. Mm-hmm. Um, just a just a power guy, man. Just always going to load up the stat sheet. Just had never health has never really been on his side consistently. But man, when he's out there, he's a dynamo. Good choices. Uh, very good. I, I will say this Mookie Betts. We talk about five tool players. Mookie Betts is a five tool player. Can run, can hit for average, can hit for power, can throw there and, and play defense. There isn't anything that he can't do on the field. They can mm-hmm. put him in the outfield, he can play second base. He's got versatility. He's fun. He's got that sort of, uh, for people who, who may not be diehard baseball fans, 
he's got that sort of joy that Tyrese Maxey has mm. about him when he plays the game. Like you just watch him and you're you're smiling. Like you're yeah. anybody he, he named off. Mookie, they better make you smile. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I grew. It's before your time. There was a guy, Mookie Wilson, who played for the Mets. Uh, who, who was? And then, of course, there's Mookie from uh, Do the Right Thing. But that's a whole different. Ah, uh, that's funny. You're good. That's that's good. That's a good pull by you. Okay, Rob. Ma 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 Mookie. Yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta go. I'm going chalk on this one, man. Otani, dude. Okay. Cy Young pitcher, best power hitter guy in the game. Mm-hmm. Two time MVP. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, like I hope the guy stays healthy, and I hope we get to see him pitch and hit again. I I feel like Tone, it's getting to the point where he's just going to be a hitter. Yeah, he's, he's think, one more elbow injury away from that being the thing. Yeah, but I love what we're seeing right now, man. It's incredible. Yeah, even as a hitter, he's dangerous. I mean, so oh, yeah. you know that, that's you know that's he's still MVP even without the pitching. But he stepped in the cage last week for the first time since the surgery. He had he had the same surgery that that uh, Harper had. Oh, wow. He stepped in the cage. And he took twenty. He had twenty-one pitches thrown to him in the batting page, and he hit ten for home runs. In the first time he's, and he's, he said, you know, I was just really taking it softly. I didn't want to do anything too hard. I'm like, okay, okay, if you say so. Yeah, uh, what are his measurables? This dude, like, he's a big dude. He's at least six four. He's a big boy. Yeah, I'm gonna say he's six four two twenty. What's the what's the average height of somebody in Japan? It's definitely not six four. I can tell you that it's not that big. Average height of a Japanese man is five foot seven. Yeah, the Otani's just built differently, man. Yeah, I mean, he was he he was made in the lab. <laughs> yeah, he was like Drago, you know, in, in, in <laughs> quite literally Rocky Four. The Japanese uh, Drago. The other guy that I would go with from a baseball perspective, and I and and believe me, the annex get old sometimes. Ronald Acuna Jr. Man, this guy does it all. Cannon for an arm for the Braves in right field. Steals he, bases. Steals, he had 70-something steals, uh, 45 home runs, whatever. Hit for average. He's their leadoff guy. Uh, you know, he does it all. He does it all. I like I like uh, the choice here. Spanish Philly has a good one. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz is a oh, lot yeah. of Isn't is the guy from the, from the Reds? He's the guy from the Reds. He's, he's tall, but he can fly. He's got a gun for an arm. Yeah. Like you – they, they've been they've been tracking his throws, you know, on base and like he he throws like ninety mile per hour. Yeah. Like, did you're you're at first base? You're like, I, I used to have a kid. I I wasn't I didn't play first much. I usually played like short or second, but occasionally in practice they throw you around. I end up at first base. We had this kid who played third when we were growing up who had a howitzer for an arm, and he would never let up. Like every throw would be as hard as he could throw it. I'm like, dude, you're killing me. You don't need to throw it this hard, man. Take it easy. But he only had one gear. Ellie De La Cruz is, is that guy. Right. Man. He is that guy. <laughs> you're funny. It's like you're over there like this. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm serious. I'm like, and then I'm just like, I, my coach is like, get in front of it. I'm like, you get in front of it. I missed that thing. I'm dead, man. That is hilarious. Um, Connor McDavid, if I was going to go NHL, I know we're not doing NHL, but Connor McDavid would be my guy in the NHL. He's the fastest guy I've ever seen on, on skates. I have never, ever seen a guy with that kind of blazing, ridiculous athleticism and speed mm-hmm. and then can put a move on you and just finish. But if you're if you're a hockey mm-hmm. if you're a hockey um, novice and you haven't watched much YouTube, Connor McDavid, and just trust me, you'll you'll be you'll be glad you did. It's just mm-hmm. fun to watch if you like athleticism. Um, okay. So I, w- I would go that route. If I was going to throw one more NBA guy in there, 
and I hope he just grows up. And I know this this will be a learning season for him. But John Moran is really fun to watch. Yeah, that's a really good pull by you. If I saying, if I had to throw another NBA guy in there, it'd be Anthony Edwards. Oh, I man. love watching that dude play. I he's love become everybody. the go-to guy too. Like Carl Anthony Towns doesn't even. He just gets you know he 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 knows he's Robin. Of course, it, it, listen, <laughs> Ant Man is he just flies, and his ability to score on all three levels, man. That he he can shoot, he can pull up the mid range, the layup package is insane, the footwork, the confidence, um, again the personality, like it's he he's just a super fun player to watch, and he's he's a he's an assassin. He does, he takes no prisoners when he plays. Yeah, I like that. He's he's another guy that has one gear. No, you're right. And he, he I, I, what I love too about him is, like you said, he's a guy who wants it in the biggest spot. There, there are mm-hmm. other, you yes. know, there are good players who kind of hide sometimes. He's no, not. he, no, he, he wants the shot. He wants yeah. it, and he does not. Show, he don't care who he playing against. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't remember what game it was, but I think it was a game where they were they were in overtime, and he took over. Yeah, and the opposing team couldn't do anything about him. He was uh, an insanely good football. Not a surprise; these guys are all great athletes. But he was an insanely good defense, uh, football player. He had every every D one Georgia, you know Alabama, all the big boys after him to wow. play football too when he was coming out. So uh, that's translated. You see that athleticism there, uh, and it's going over the. He chose right. The NBA money is better. <laughs> oh yeah, and you, you know you, you're not as beat up. Uh, that's for sure. You know you get some wear and tear on the legs, but that's about it. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, Want to thank everybody. In the chat, uh, appreciate your contributions. Everybody streaming, everybody listening. Uh, do not go anywhere. Uh, Tone will be joining Dan Cilio for the National Football Show. Uh, tomorrow, Tone, we will uh, look back at the Flyers tonight against the Leafs. We'll look ahead a little bit to the Sixers in the second half. I'm sure, sure it'll be. there's always Eagle stuff uh, going down, so we'll get heavy into the Eagles for sure and NFL uh, like we always do, and the Phillies continue from spring training so we'll we'll dive into all of those kind of things uh tomorrow so everybody have a great rest of your thursday looking forward to hanging with you tomorrow that's tone i'm rob we are sports day thanks guys see you tomorrow Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.